Hello, movie lovers. Welcome back to the 1980s movie graveyard. We're rolling light along here. We've been uh, going here for a number of weeks, haven't we, Corey G? Yeah, so many I've lost count. I know, we've had so many shows in the can, out of the can, falling out of the can. I mean, we can't really keep track. You know, it, it kind of, I'll be honest, it kind of doesn't really help with my long-term, short-term memory when we keep jumping in that time machine to go do different things. <laughs> Speaking of the can, I did the uh, I did a wing ch- uh, a hot wing challenge tonight, so I was on really? the can for quite some time. No, oh, were they hot going in and hot going out? Both. Hmm. Interesting. Well, yeah, we're rolling right along here. Um, you didn't ask me if I won. Oh, did you win the challenge? I, f- I figured you lost, considering what the bathroom well, ramifications were. I did it. You you only had to eat twelve of these blazing wings. Above, you got a buffalo wild wings out there. Uh, we have a parking lot where one was supposed to be installed about a year ago. They dug out all the parking spaces, put a fence up, and then they just left. <laughs> yeah, you get six minutes to eat 12 blazing wings, and while you're doing it, you can't wipe your mouth, your fingers that are burning, or drink any water. So oh, wow. Once you're done, and you, you can drink all you want. So what happened when you were done and you, and you got them all ate? Did they take your picture and put it on the wall or something? I don't I got a T-shirt. And I didn't have to pay for the wings. Nice. Which makes you wonder how competitive eaters make a living when all you get is your food for free in the t-shirt. You then sell said t-shirt online. And, like, <laughs> I wonder if, like, like if we wanted to get into, like, an ECW arena type situation where we took, like, a bingo hall and we put seats in it, how much do you think we could charge people to come watch guys eat fast? I mean, I don't, you know, like, I don't know. I don't think you have to pay to watch the hot dog eating things. Don't you just show up outside and watch them people deep throat hot dogs for 10 minutes? Pretty much. I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know really what the, uh, you know, what, what the, like the league is or whatever, like, but they definitely should, you know, I remember years ago they were trying to make it competitive, but then like people start, you know, cause at first, you know, the first few years and people are just shoving shit down their throats, everybody's like, this is amazing. We got to watch this. And after a couple of years, how healthy is this? Listen, if somebody wants to condition their stomach and their body to take in 60 to 70 hot dogs within a 10-minute period, I'm not going to worry about their health, okay? <laughs> That's on them. You know, it's always some skinny fuck that wins. It's never right. a big, fat slob. Yeah, and there is always big, fat slobs in the competitions, and they always lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always to a skinny Asian guy. Exactly. Because they know how to do the math and equate how many hot dogs to eat. Hot dogs per second. <laughs> how many movies per second do you think we could watch? With the t- Keep in mind, we have a time machine now. With the time machine, I'm going to say probably 6.8 thousand. Really? Because this is what I was thinking, okay. The point made it sound more mathematically sound. Yeah, like with the time machine, okay, you know, we can keep going back. So we could watch a movie, you know, like like say technically this was in the morning right now when we're recording this. We could watch a movie, you know, but we have to be at work in like half an hour. We could watch the whole movie, just travel back in time and then leave, you know, for work on time. But what I'm wondering is, you know, we could do this like nonstop. So we could watch probably 30 or 40 movies, a, you know, a week or maybe even a day if we wanted to really. Yeah, but you know, to everybody else around us, we're, we're you know, it's just normal time. They're going to start thinking we're aging horribly because keep in mind, us personally, 
you know, we're, we're still the same age, you know, aging out. But to everybody else, it's like just one day or one week or whatever. So we could theoretically watch a year's worth of movies in a day. Everybody's going to think we have like a Benjamin Button aging disease or something if we keep this up. But how do we know that doesn't affect the space-time continuum? That could be too. I'm not sure. Could be a parallel. It could be. Could be. Don't a make parallel. me get into that whole how stupid Back to the Future Two is again. <laughs> Speaking of which, Back to the Future franchise is 30 years old this year. You know, year-long celebration. Of course, even on our own Facebook page, we have Back to the Future Fridays rolling all the way to the end of the year. One thing I want to know is if they were to go the Jurassic World, Jurassic Park route and reboot, you know, Back to the Future and have a brand new sequel, who would play the new Marty McFly or the new kind of similar character? Are you thinking Shia LaBeouf, Ashton Kutcher, or uh, Ethan Hawke? I'm thinking Patrick Schwarzenegger. Really? Did you see... Uh, well, I guess you didn't see because you, you haven't been booking the face the last few years. But Arnold posted a, uh, actually a video where he took Patrick Schwarzenegger to the gym and made him do some <laughs> heavyweight curls. And he had to do 22 of them because that's how old he was turning. Yeah, he's a skinny guy, isn't he? He is, but then he started flexing his bicep. I think Arnold's going to be pumping him up pretty quick. Yeah, he'll pump him up okay. Yeah. Also, speaking of Arnold's kids, congratulations to his other son who graduated high school this week. Unfortunately, Arnold couldn't be there because the child's mother was a former maid. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's funny is um, this kid actually in the face with the jawline and everything, he looks more like Arnold than Patrick Schwarzenegger does. Patrick Schwarzenegger looks like he's a ma- male clone of uh, Maria. Mom. Yeah. yeah, it looks like his mom. Well, you know what's real scary? Hmm. That thing, Caitlyn Jenner. Uh-huh. Looks better than the Kardashian mom, you know, his ex-wife. <laughs> exactly. That's what's truly scary. Maybe that's why they had to get divorced. She was jealous. <laughs> that, I mean, I, I just happened to look at the two of them. I was like, okay, this, this is kind of wrong, but that one's better looking than that one. Do you find it strange? Okay, everybody knows Kim Kardashian married Kanye West. Now the the the, the Kardashian mom, she's um she's dating Kanye West's uh, DJ. Do, do you find anything a little strange and incestuous with that? Yeah, the mom is slumming. Yeah, I mean what I don't the know. Hell? Yeah, it's just weird. I mean, I mean if if Kim Kardashian dates Kanye West, shouldn't the mom be dating like Lionel Richie or somebody? <laughs> You know, I'm going to be honest with you, I think all the damn Kardashian women are ass ugly. Yeah, they don't really do much for me, to be honest they with look you. Like, they all look like those gargoyles you find outside, like, Armenian churches. Yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't help either where, you know, supposedly the most beautiful one, Kim, she's making fashion headlines now for wearing tan garbage bags <laughs> to social events and whatnot. I thought Chloe was the only one that didn't look like a pre-op tranny, but, you know, even she doesn't. She kind of does now, too. And she had plastic surgery. I mean, weight loss. Yeah. Well, the middle Kardashian was probably the most normal looking. And then she had, like, five kids in a three-year span somehow. And I don't know. It just She looks strange. I don't know what's going they on. Look, 
They're all creepy looking. Do you think every time they give birth, like while the baby's coming out, there's also a plastic surgery, like surgeon working on their face yeah, at the he's same time? Working on, he's probably working on the face. He's giving them a stomach, uh, stomach staple as they're, you know, pushing the kid out. <laughs> they figure they're going to be in the hospital for like two days anyway. Might as well get some more work done. Yeah, as long as I got to lay here, give me some of that Botox in my ass and- Take the bu- take the fat out of my ass and put it in my face. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get it. Speaking speaking of plastic surgery, um, the star of our film today that we'll be watching he he's no stranger to plastic surgery himself, is he? <laughs> no surgery to bot no stranger to botched plastic surgery. <laughs> is it botched or did you just have too many? I think what happened was he had too many because he tri- like he got a lot of. Uh, we're talking, of course, about Mickey Rourke. Uh, the star of the Pope of Greenwich Village, and uh, he tried to fix, I guess, the damage that he sustained from some boxing matches, and then yeah, like right. he did go to become a boxer for a while. Yeah, he had like a lot of cheekbones and stuff. So I mean, no matter how they reconstructed it, he was not going to really look like Mickey Rourke ever again. You know what I mean? But um, but yeah, it, it, especially if you look at like around the time he did Double Team. With Van Damme and Rodman, while they were reconstructing some cheekbones, uh, they wanted to f- work in a facelift, I guess. So he looked like he was like kind of like smiling and scowling for about ten years there. Could have been the low budget straight to DDB Joker. <laughs> yeah, he, he, I think he kind of was for a while. I remember he was like real pumped up in that movie. I actually oh, yeah. like that movie, but I remember he yeah. was like, really pumped up. Yeah, I have the DVD. Uh, I wish somebody would put that on, on Blu-ray eventually, but. Uh, but yeah, he was super pumped up, and then um, right after, well, not right after, but a couple years after he did The Wrestler, he went back to do some more boxing, unfortunately. <laughs> and now, He doesn't stick around Hollywood long enough. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He made a comeback, and then he left <laughs> before he could reap the rewards of the comeback. Kind of... If you think about it, though, he made the comeback at Once Upon a Time in New Mexico, mm. but then... He made the comeback in Sin City. <laughs> exactly. He made the comeback in The Wrestler. I mean, obviously the comeback in Sin City, too, because for some reason, even though it was identical to Sin City, everybody thought it was shit. Exactly. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. Where, where do you come down on Sin City, too? I actually like it quite a bit. I liked it. I liked it a lot. But I read the books. It, it's the same thing as the first one. If you like part one, you should like yeah. part two. Obviously, if you wait more than two years to put something out, everyone turns on it. Yeah, I think that I think I think kind of what happens now is people turn on it because it's been too long and it can't keep their attention span. So, in just say, in, instead of just saying, "Hey, it's been too long, I don't want to see it," now they say it's bad. <laughs> Even they though, say that before they see it. Well, exactly, exactly. So yeah. Did you have any other thoughts on Mickey Rourke's career before we get started? Mm. Truthfully, I didn't think The Wrestler was that great of a movie, to be honest with you. Everybody's like, what an acting job. What an Oscar job. It's like, eh, I don't see it. Oh, I thought it was pretty amazing. But then, really? He, yeah. Why? Well, I mean, you got a guy who's dying of a heart condition and he still wants to wrestle. That's a good plot for a movie, I think. But did you really think he gave an Academy Award winning performance? When you can cons- when you consider that Heath Ledger's The Joker is an Academy Award winning performance, I'm going to have to say yes. <laughs> uh, see, it's just like when Boogie Nights came out of it. Burt Reynolds should win the Oscar. You know, he didn't do really that good in the movie. You know, I always kind of look at it that way. His hair, 
Bert's hair looked great, though, in that film. Now, the rest of would have benefited if they would have got rid of uh, that old-ass bitch Aunt May, Marissa Tomei, there, and had the hot Melissa McCarthy in there. Then maybe no, no, nobody would have bought Melissa McCarthy as a as a forty-year-old stripper. Maybe that the establishment a guy in a trailer goes to. <laughs> yeah, that that is true. He didn't have a whole lot of options. <clears throat> so are you ready well, to like I, said, I thought the wrestler was okay but I didn't I didn't it's cool. the whole fascination everyone had with that I just thought it was okay I thought it had an amazing performance from Ernest the Cat Miller from WCW okay now I won't lie you somebody better call his mama that was a pretty good that was a pretty good performance it was alright so I wonder you... if they'll make a sequel I don't think they can considering he died in the ring don't know that that get faded to black. Well, you think he would make a uh, a comeback, or or maybe he would do like an Ultimate Warrior, where he he make like a sequel is him making up with a fake Vince McMahon, so he can come give one speech right before he dies for good. Well, how do we? Yeah, how do we not know that after the end credits, there was the scene where they gave him the the, the jolt and he came back to life. You don't know. You don't know that. Either way, are you ready to watch the Pope of Greenwich Village? started here um i feel like something happened in the space-time continuum there for a minute you feel like we're looping like we're loopers yeah. right now some oh that movie stunk <laughs> but it did feature a time machine good all right we got we got it uh, queued up at the beginning of the movie the first credit of the movie says united artists presents that's where we're paused at roughly the 10 second mark I'm going to say one, two, three, go. When I say go, go ahead and hit play on your remote, guys, if you want to follow along here. All right, everybody, one, two, three, go. In a Koch Kirkwood production. That's right. I almost thought it said a Gooch production. I was like, that's a pretty cool name. <laughs> Gooch. I feel, like, I, I feel like Gooch was a good 80s uh, comedy sidekick name. Yeah, but considering it's the part of your skin between your balls and your ass, yeah. I wonder if that's why they called the Arnold Jackson's nemesis the Gooch. Well, that could be. All right, this is an interesting choice way to open a movie. You get all these little close-ups of Mickey Work putting his socks on, putting his belt on, whatever. You think he's getting dressed up to go to a club and meet some women or something, but he's not. No, he's a... But see, this is when... All the women thought Mickey Rourke was hot. Yeah, which I don't really understand why they thought that. But. Oh, my wife thought he was hot. Then she thought Wild Orchid was hot. And then she just said he he's real ugly now. <laughs> yeah. Mickey, I'll be honest with you, I've never seen Diner. Oh, Diner's actually pretty good, cousin. Really? It always looked boring to me. Mm, 
I would say it's like, I mean, it's not as funny, but I would say it's like a like a mix between like um, Clerks and like maybe Fraternity Vacation. But, really? Yeah, but with a uh, a Jewish uh, like everybody in the movie is supposed to be Jewish. It's um, like a Jewish neighborhood group of guys that hang out. You know what I mean? Gotcha. <laughs> Wait, isn't Mickey Rourke Italian? He is, but I think he's the one Italian guy, but all the other guys are Jewish. And Mickey Rourke is like the cool guy of the movie because he puts his dick in some popcorn at the movies and the girl reaches in to get it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like it's kind of a classy movie and there's some a couple little serious parts of it, but then there's some real hijinks as well. I like Diner quite a bit. We might have to do that eventually. I think we have. Actually, I know I have it because my wife likes it. Nice. We should watch it. I sometime. like Body Heat a lot. He, that was his first movie. Yeah, doesn't he play like the creepy guy in Body Heat? Like the arsonist that's in jail with the guy. Yeah. I have to say, Kathleen Turner was so hot in that movie. You know what? There's like something no one's ever gonna say again. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with that. You know, seeing Mickey stroll out here in this suit and kind of his smile and his hair. Don't you think? If they wouldn't have got Jack Nicholson, Mickey might have been a good choice for the Joker from the 80s Batman. Yeah. Oh, yeah, especially with the botched plastic surgery jobs. <laughs> well, that, that would have been before. <laughs> uh, I don't think Jack Nicholson's a great actor like everybody <laughs> and their grandma. Well, I really don't. I think Mickey Rourke is a good actor. Yeah. Okay, here, here I'm going to say it. Jack Nicholson, I like him, don't get me wrong, but have you ever seen a movie where he doesn't play Jack Nicholson? Mm, I think about Schmidt was he played a good old man role that was sad. Can okay, name me another one out of the other eighty five movies he's done? Uh, I think that's probably about it. Yeah, he's like De Niro. Name me De Niro movie he didn't play De Niro. Oh, well that okay. I'll have to disagree with you on that, but we'll save that for another day because I want to talk about Mickey Work now. Now you saw that little part where he went into the bathroom to pay some guys some money he owed. It seems like all the business in this restaurant where Mickey Rourke is the Mater D. It seems like all the like the real wheelings and dealings go on in this bathroom, and it's not a large bathroom by any means. <laughs> well, now if you remember, the Fonz had an office in the bathroom. Yeah, it was like a stall, right? He would kick people out yeah. of the bathroom, and then he would open up the door of the stall. Yeah, that's creepy in itself. I think if I was one of these guys, I'd have to have my office be out in the parking lot. It wouldn't be in a piss-filled bathroom. Kind of like in, in The Experts with John Travolta. Remember, he had the table out in the back parking lot. Exactly. Him and this star of Hexed, Ari Gross. Yeah. This guy, I don't know if he's the GM, the owner, or what, but he's got some real bullshit complaints. Like, he's he's making it seem like Mickey Rourke's running this restaurant into the ground just because the cigarette machine is out of Marlboro's. Come on, that ain't Mickey's fault. No, it's probably that whore right there. Yeah. This, this is, is back when you could everybody at a restaurant could smoke around their food. Exactly. Even the waiter would smoke onto your food. Mickey Rourke was cool in this movie. I'd give him that much. He was. And, I mean, we'll talk about it more as we get into it, but uh, would you say it's fair to say that this is almost like a updated version of Martin Scorsese's Mean Streets? Oh, this is way better than Mean Streets. <laughs> But wouldn't you say the similarities of the story? No, let me let me. Th is Mean Streets? Now hold on, I gotta get. Is that the one with Harvey Keitel? 
Yeah. I need you to speak up, cousin. Your volume got very low for some reason. Is Mean Streets. That's the one with Harvey Keitel, right? Yeah, and Robert De Niro. That's been so long since I've seen it. Yeah. What's the one where Bobby De Niro drove a bus and his son was friends with a gangster? That was with Chaz Palminteri on Blanket Bronx Tale. That's what it was called. Yeah, that movie was shit. <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't. Come on now. Yes, it was. Old Polly, Eric Roberts here, who is Charlie's cousin, he really gets up and close and personal with the guests. He actually leans down into their faces while they're smoking. <laughs> you know, I'm Eric Roberts, I, whatever happened to him, like he was kind of promising and then he just disappeared forever. From what I understand uh, from seeing his appearance, you know, about 10 years ago on Celebrity Rehab... I th- oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I think it was the drugs and needed money. And, like, he had a great early career because of Pope of Greenwich Village and Star 80 and a few other films. But I think the problem was he uh, he started doing a lot of B movies, a lot of, you know, direct-to-videotape movies just because he, he, you know, he had expenses, so to say. Yeah. I like Best of the Best, too. What about Part 1? yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to be a drama. Yeah, it was more serious. No one cared. Now, I would say, you know, this movie, especially nowadays, there's a whole subculture of people who kind of ape and try to rip off um, Italian mobsters. And, you know, e- e- even as we're speaking today, the the day that we're actually recording this, we had uh, Johnny Depp show up in a new gangster movie. Um mm-hmm. What do you what do you think where this movie falls? You know, in that genre, I think this movie's a little bit different because it brings a lot more comedy into it. I was gonna say I don't even consider this as part of the gangster genre, to be honest with you. Yeah. That and I'm, I know we haven't seen him yet, but Burt Young is not exactly a uh, intimidating Godfather. No, but would you say that the way that they you know they kind of pull off the mafia connections of this movie, they're trying to be a little more realistic, showing how bummy oh, yeah. you know. Whereas other movies, they try to show the guys being real cool. You know what I mean? That was like in Donnie Brasco. You know they're they're knocking over a fucking what he's hitting the phone Park, booth parking minutes. Yeah. Parking open sesame, and they you know yeah, we're in Goodfellas. They're all fucking multi billionaires and shit. Yeah. Yet for some reason, he still lives with his wife's parents after they get married. Exactly. That's true. I, gotta I say, still say Goodfellas is 90% bullshit. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, I'm sure it's been dramatized. Now, this is kind of the first scene in the movie where we really start to understand the uh, relationship between Mickey Rourke and Eric Roberts. Mickey Rourke's calling him out for giving the, uh, the cook too much booze to drink in the back. And also, polly has got a scam here where he's selling steaks and all that. But he's not ringing them up on the ticket, so he's going to pocket some of the money himself. You know what I mean? You know, is it me or is Eric Roberts almost comedy relief in this movie? I would say that's exactly what he is. He took my freaking thumbs. That's like basically the only line I remember of his in this film. Well, yeah, I mean, I, not. I'm not saying he's overacting, but I think intentionally the director wanted. You know, Eric Roberts is so high energy in this film, and, and Rourke as a counterpart is so kind of calm and cool for the most part. You know what I mean? I, I, I think just watching Eric Roberts kind of bounce around off of Mickey Rourke here, it's, it, it's really interesting. And like right away, you know, whatever we are, ten minutes into this movie. Like this, this point, this scene right here, 
is when I was watching this other day, when I really started getting hooked into the storyline, you know, because the, the, the relationship between these two guys, it's it's really what carries the whole movie and what the whole movie's about. I'm just pissed off looking at how you step hair just like that. Like Mickey Rourke's or Eric Roberts? Uh, Mickey Rourke. I wouldn't admit to having a Jufro. I'm sorry, cousin. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eric Roberts is Italian, so... Yeah, that's what makes it worse. Yeah. It's clearly a perm job, I would say, for his hair, right? Um, Cause yeah, because I, I, remember, I remember his hair being normal in that very underrated movie that only myself and my wife enjoy, The Specialist. Specialist is pretty good. Really? Wow. I need to tell her I met a third. Oh, yeah. You know, you know. Obviously, uh, Eric Roberts got his role in The Expendables based on uh, his role in The Specialist. You know, the connection with Stallone. Oh, that's right. He was the the Mexican dictator's boss, or something like that. Yeah, a former CIA agent, or something. Yeah, that plot didn't make any sense. Here we go. The first trouble of the movie: Polly got Charlie fired as the Mater D because he was stealing too much from the, you know. The scams and not ringing up the stakes or whatever. You know, I got to go back to the Expendables real quick. All right, let's hit it. All right, part one. Remember when Stallone's with that girl and mm -hmm. him and Statham are trying to drive back to the plane mm -hmm. while the whole army's chasing them? How did a man who'd been in the country eight minutes know all those shortcuts and back alleyways? <laughs> I couldn't answer that because I'm not watching that movie right now. <laughs> but... And then why did he decide to... And I'm bringing it back, because remember Mickey Rourke was in it, too. He was giving him the he tattoos. Was. How did Stallone say, I, you know, I just met that girl for like eight minutes, but I got a connection. I got to go back and help her. I just didn't... Under, and then Mickey Rourke told him some weird story about a sailor woman giving him a tattoo. While Mickey Rourke was pretending to paint a guitar, did you notice how that paintbrush and other actually touched that guitar? <laughs> No, why didn't he come back for the other ones? I don't know. Did he have an MMA fight he had to do? <laughs> I really get, and there were, and pretty much like right up until it came out, they kept saying he'd be back for part three. But I think he just didn't come back for part two because money reasons, or he probably just didn't want to do it. Because I mean, Mickey Rourke, he never really does anything that's good for his career. To be honest with you. No, I remember after the wrestler, and he just got back in the good graces of Hollywood. And then he went and did WrestleMania. And said he liked it better because it wasn't no bullshit like Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. This is a great part where Pauly uh, insults Charlie, asking him, why do you gotta, why do you want to wear a fancy suit? You ain't got no job to wear it to. Which is hilarious considering Pauly just got him fired from his job. Yeah, that's... Well, but is being a maitre d' really that fancy? Well, I, I don't know if it's like a fancy or whatever, but I think he was... Do you, know, you see that wad of cash in the beginning? He's making good well, money yeah, running places. Yeah, you're running scams. Yeah. When I think of a maitre d', I always think of the failed maitre d' who became a hot dog vendor and making the grade. Yeah. Look at look, look at Paulie here. He's got them, both of them out on their ass, no job, and he pulls out a bottle of cognac out of his pants that he stole. He stole what a two-bit thief. <laughs> I know. Damn Italians. Always robbing something. I really like this movie, though. I mean, even though it's very similar to Mean Streets, I like I like seeing the plight of, of two small time guys, you know, in in uh, 
in Greenwich Village, New York City, trying to make it here. Tell me again what Mean Streets was about. All right, Mean Streets is Harvey Keitel has a fuck-up cousin, which is Robert De Niro, who owes money to, like, all the gangsters and loan sharks and shit like that. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. he keeps trying to straighten him out, getting Robert De Niro to make his payments, do this, do that. But Robert De Niro, he has no intention of ever paying the money back. He's blowing up mailboxes. He's doing shit. Trust me, it's exactly like this movie. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying. I don't I'm, remember it. I'm trying. Well, it came out about ten. You know, it's from the seventies. It came out about ten years. It was Martin Scorsese's first big movie. But honestly, I mean, I'm tr- I'm kind of trying to be nice here. But this movie is pretty much a carbon copy rip off of that. Oh, that's pretty soon they're going to remake the Pope of Greenwich Village with Triple H and Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah, that actually might be pretty good. <laughs> No, it wouldn't. No. <laughs> Nothing Vince McMahon touches is good. No, not in the last 20-something years. Mm. All right, this is the first... Well, you're not interested in seeing 12 Rounds Part 3? Actually, I am, just because Dean Ambrose is in it. But other than that, I'm not interested in anything WWE does. I'll, I'll intentionally not be watching the pay-per-view this weekend. There's a pay-per-view this weekend? Yeah, where Sting's going to supposedly... Fight Seth Rollins for the belt, which you know there's going to be a screw job ending and nobody's going to win or lose for real. Oh, and how did a guy who came back once to lose get a title shot? <laughs> he showed up. And the, the, the ratings were bad on Raw, so that's what they had to go with. It sounds like they got crooked rankings over there. They do. Now, this is the first scene where we see Daryl Hannah as Charlie's uh, girlfriend. And, like, the impression I got was, you know, th- this woman for Charlie. A little two-bit hustler type guy, always on the, always you know, trying to scrape up some money. I feel like she was kind of out of his league. Did you get that feeling from the story? I kind of got the feeling she was kind of a gold digger. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like she, she, you know, you know. Well, I guess we, you know, it's not really like we have to worry about spoilers, but it seems like she's she's all there boxing and doing her ballet shit with her ass hanging out of her little tights. She's a nice ass. Yeah, but then when the going gets rough, she sure leaves quick, doesn't she? Oh yeah. Dumb bitch. Well, she had to go train in the mountains with David Carradine. That is true. And get her eye poked out. I just I love wonder, Mickey Rourke's swagger in this movie. I gotta wonder if Damone ripped this off in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Well, that'd be a little hard considering Damone came out a year before this movie. <laughs> Did it really? Did yeah. So you tell me Mickey Rourke ripped off Damone? I'm pretty sure. Oh, man, I would have never thought that. Now, it's kind of funny that, you know, stickball, they come to kick all the little kids out, all these Italian guys in sweaty-ass suits with greasy hair want to take over the the stickball court here. You know what they needed? They needed the bartender from Out for Justice to come in here and go, You fucking Italian pukes! <laughs> was, it, was it Out for Justice or was it? I thought it was Above the Law. Above the Law, yeah. yeah fucking Italian <laughs> pukes! <laughs> What was the else he kept saying about, like... You're never going to be the man. Yeah, yeah, he that's what it was. Dirty. <laughs> he did me dirty. I think he even... Fucking it, puke. I think he even insulted Seagal about Seagal's hair being too greasy, too, Tim. I can't remember. You're never going to be the man. You're never going to be the man. And that's the way. You did me dirty. You fucking Italian puke. You broke my nose. Ugh. And somehow later, he got all mobbed up with the CIA. Yeah. <laughs> that was a connected bartender. 
You can hear that commentary coming up soon, above the law commentary. Yeah, we're, we're going to get in the time machine to pick up the tapes. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's like four of them we got to pick up. Yeah, we got to go back in time and get those. Here we have Charlie down on his luck, has no job, but he's still walking around town in a fancy suit. He runs into a guy he knows, has a restaurant, offers Charlie a job as a waiter. Charlie gets pissed, kicks him in the ass. <laughs> Charlie doing a lot of walking around for an unemployed guy. Yeah, well, I think it's one of those things when you're in a, a neighborhood like that. He's the Pope of Greenwich Village. I think you kind of need to be seen and on a regular basis, you know what I mean? I guess back then, if you were unemployed, you had to walk around to find work. You know, you couldn't spend your day on Facebook. Exactly. I wonder what what kind of beer is he drinking here? Is it Bex, Peroni? What, what is that? Oh, well, you're asking the wrong guy on that one. Daryl Hannah getting naked to show off her skinny body. She's got a nice body. Who? Okay. Better body. Daryl Hannah, Kathleen Kinmont. Oh, by far, Kathleen Kinmont. Okay. Daryl Hannah's, uh, what do you call it, more muscular. But yeah, Kathleen, she's got a nice athletic body. Kathleen Kimmont's got more of a woman's shape, I would say. Mm. What's she look like now? Kathleen Kimmont looks the same, just thinner, so so her, her chest is smaller, unfortunately. I did see a picture of uh, Kimberly Page, or Kimberly Falkenberg, whatever the fuck you want to call her, DDP's ex-wife. Yeah, with her uh, implants yeah, she, removed. Yeah, she got ugly. I wouldn't say she got ugly, but she got plain is what I would say. Yeah. She's a real estate agent. Yeah. She got some shitty divorce settlement. Yeah. DDP, he's, DDP actually just got remarried again. Did he? Yeah. Think about that, though. I bet he purposely waited to unroll the yoga until yeah. he was done with her so he didn't have to share that, that cabbage there. That probably is true. What do you think of uh, Charlie's shirt here? It seems like, I can't tell if he got out of the shower or if he was working out. He's got some, he's, you know, his hair isn't all gelled up in the scene, just sweaty down in his face. It's almost like a punk rock Hawaiian tablecloth shirt. Yeah, it's really weird. It doesn't fit his normal style. And this is a weirdly painted apartment, too, with a pink door frame. Now, is it her apartment or his apartment? No, it's his, isn't it? I think they both, I don't think they share it. That's right, because later he comes home and she's just gone. Yeah. And uh, apparently, Charlie has a kid he says he's got to feed every week. Like, I, they never show this kid, though. Hmm. Maybe they couldn't find anybody that looked like him to cast. Yeah. Then, then they don't throw, make that above the law mistake where they had the baby that looked like Pam Greer and not Sharon Stone. I like how he puts on a leather jacket to seal in the sweat that he's got going on. Yeah, I never got that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is where it's really hitting the fan, the fact that he doesn't have a job. See, she's a gold digger. Yeah. Well, she she waits. has that steak money. Yeah. <laughs> well, she waits to... Until they're in the middle of the argument to break the news that she's pregnant. Well, you know how Eric Roberts was selling all them steaks? Yeah. Do you think Bird was a customer? I think he was. I'm actually going to check out my contacts right now and see if Bird is around so we can ask him about some steaks. Uh, where is he? Where is he? He may be dog walking. He could be walking. Oh, no. Sorry. Bird's offline, cousin. Uh 
Steak mystery deepens. One day we will get to the bottom of it. If you want to know where Bird is, he's going to be doing one of three things. He's either going to be eating a steak, he's either going to be walking some dogs, or he's going to be at the gym. That guy loves to be at the gym, man. Really? Yeah, he's always at the gym. Every Facebook picture, he's at the gym. I'm not sure what he does there, to be honest. I was going to say, I've seen pictures of him. Yeah. Oh, I am mistaken. Uh, this is Charlie's kids here. This little kid here. I forgot about him. You ever notice in the older New York movies? Everybody's recreation was to go into a roof and look at a, a, a pigeon coop. You ever notice that? I, I never got there. Yeah, everybody was on a roof, and everybody smoked like ten packs of cigarettes a day. Yeah, I, I have to say, I think this was definitely inspired. Like, look at that little boy playing around in all those piles of a uh, bird feces there. Like, well, this must have been a game he was playing. I mean, like, pigeons just shit on everything anyway, just flying around the city. Why would you want to keep hundreds of them cooped up in a small area? They're diseased. Yeah. Plus, I mean, is that really... Maybe that's why you didn't see the kid that much. You'd be like, okay, it's Dad's time to take you. What? I always play with pigeon shit when Dad picks <laughs> me up. I want to stay here with you. Yeah. And look at the little kid is giving him dirty looks now. I wouldn't do. Well, it, it kind of doesn't help when every time you want to see your dad, uh, cousin Polly has to come and blow smoke in your face. Yeah, cousin cousin Polly needed to get his own friends. Yeah, I have to say, in terms of like really showing what it was like living in the neighborhood and all this shit with these guys and relations they have, I love it when they do a scene where they go just pick up pounds and pounds of lunch meat and then they just go eat it in the park. <laughs> that seems like a weird thing to do to me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I never got that. I mean, I don't like to eat outside, personally. No, no. First you Fucking go to the meat shop. Pukes. <laughs> You're never going to beat a man. Did me dirty. He did me dirty. Look at my nose. I wonder if that guy's ever done any more acting. <laughs> I don't know. We, I mean, technically, we could. I could look it up right now, but I'm going to let the mystery kind of hang in the air for a little while longer. Yeah, we'll, we, maybe we'll revisit him down the road. And for trivia, he's listed in the credits of that film as CIA bartender. <laughs> yeah, which makes no sense because at no point in that movie is he ever affiliated with the CIA. They don't know he's with them though when they're all yeah. trying to kill uh, Gino. Yeah. No, now we, wait, was he Gino? Nico. Nico. We. I got eyes on Nico. We got to uh, we got to keep track of what's going on. First, they went to the meat shop, then they went to the cheese shop. Now they finally went to the bread shop. Why do you have to buy every ingredient at a different shop? Wouldn't you get the bread first? Yeah, the meat would probably be kind of, you know. Speaking of which, in above the law, they were at the meat packing plant. That is true. With the beautiful I Pam Greer and above the law now. <laughs> well. <laughs> I think the people can hear us talking about above the law, but I don't think we'll be watching it again. Well, you mean we're not going to do a commentary after this? No, we could. We got a time machine. Exactly. Now here, there. Now they're making the sandwiches at the uh, what do you call it? The chess tables at the park. There must have been a deleted scene here because they both have sodas, and we didn't see them go to the soda store. Yeah, I didn't see. They had to go, yeah, they had to go to another store for that. <laughs> Where'd they get the napkins? Exactly. They had to go to the napkin store for that. This looks like fun, though. Like, how they're just grabbing big hunks of uh, meat and shoving it in here. 
Well, this does, like, like maybe in the wintertime when there's not as many bugs around, maybe this could be fun. Maybe. Oh, he's got Charles Bronson's coat from Death Wish. He does. Fits better on him. He's not a pot-bellied fat ass. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're talking about that sweet members-only jacket? That's right. I had a members-only coat when I was, like, in first or second grade, I remember. Yeah, they were kind of fun, little windbreakers. Yeah. I remember going to, I was looking for a pair of sunglasses, it was probably like the late 90s, maybe like 97 or something, I went to like a JCPenney at the mall, and I saw like a big rack of members only coats there, I'm just like, who buys members only coats? Yeah. You know, I've had the same sunglasses for 15 years. Are you serious? Yeah, a pair of gargoyles. Oh, that's why, yeah. I wear cheap sunglasses, the hinges always break eventually. Yeah, after after spending, you know, at the time... Three hundred something dollars on a pair of sunglasses. I yeah. I could never justify buying another pair in my life. Yeah, I especially if they last. I, I mean, I would wear the same ones forever if I could. How big is that fucking sandwich he's eating? I was gonna say, do you believe that a skinny little coked up guy like Polly would actually eat that much? If he's coked up, probably. Yeah, that's a nice car. Yeah, during I that, I always wanted a Cadillac. Yeah, I did too. During that scene, Polly explained that he went in on a horse that they, with some stolen champion jism. <laughs> they made a racehorse somehow. <laughs> I didn't really understand the jism scheme of it, but I, I, the basics is is Polly's you know one third owner of this racehorse. We have when do we meet Bedbug Eddie? It's probably not for oh shit, probably like another twenty minutes, right? He was. Doesn't that guy look like the guy from Up? Yeah, he kind of does. Definitely got the same glasses. Mm-hmm. Actually, the guy from Up looks just like George Romero. <laughs> you think George Romero was the inspiration for it? Somebody recut Up to make it a, a horror movie trailer. <laughs> really? It's awesome. It's like the old man kidnaps the, the the little kid and puts him in a house of horrors with balloons. But isn't that what happens in the real version? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But this had creepier music behind it. Oh, I got you. I actually really like that cartoon. I've actually never seen it, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. If you can get like, past that feeling of not wanting to commit suicide after the first eight minutes, it turns into a real fun film. This time, Disney, you know, they put the tragedy in the beginning. That's true. Yeah, I kind of I kind of tapped out on Pixar after I saw the the longest movie ever made, Cars. Oh, I I never finished it. I didn't so watch part two. Yeah, I, I don't like Owen Wilson. I don't like Larry the Cable Guy. I, I like Owen Wilson, but that was a boring cartoon. Speaking of Owen Wilson, real quick, being this is a nothing scene, did you go see No Escape? No, but I want to see it next week before it leaves my theater. I remember the original with Ray Liotta where he was on an island. Yeah. That was actually not a bad movie. I didn't No, think. I actually enjoy it. Yeah. With Kevin Dillon. That was Kevin Dillon? It's been so long since I've seen it. I'm pretty sure he was in it. Yeah, because I remember it being the last theatrical movie I ever saw Kevin Dillon in. Yeah, one of the last ones you saw Ray Liotta in for 20 years before he made his big comeback. Yeah, I think in between No Escape... After that, the only other movie I ever saw him in again was probably Narc, that movie. Copland. Oh, yeah, he was in Copland. Yeah, theater-wise, that's about it. I mean, I've seen him in other stuff. Oh, Blow. He was in Blow. 
Damn, I don't even remember him in blue. He's Depp's dad. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. The, the flashbacks with the little boy. The only reason I know that is that was on the other day, and I didn't feel like changing the channel. <laughs> it's actually not a bad movie. No, I saw it in the theater. I liked it quite a bit. Yeah, I got the Blu-ray. I even have a Steelbook of it, too. Guess what Guess what the Steelbook cover is? <laughs> a mirror with, with, with a line of cocaine on it. Really? Yeah. Well, that'd be kind of... Was that the import, I assume? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. I think it's like from UK or something. I might have to find that one. It's pretty good. It's, it's, I want to get that... Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's not like an expensive one either. It's still around, I think. I want to get that Fast and Furious 7 steel book you got with all that extra shit. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Now, this, now this is almost like when uh, Polly's car gets towed. It's it's almost like a, a precursor to he cut my thumb off scene. He told my car. He told my car. Oh. <laughs> Fucking Italian puke. You <laughs> never gonna be the man. <laughs> All right, here here with the old guy here. I always want to say this guy's Charles Durney, but I don't think this is this guy's name. I like that purple tie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Look, look, look. Okay, look at work in this scene. Couldn't you? Just put white makeup on his face. Couldn't he have been the Joker in Batman 89? He could. I'm just trying to figure out why he's dressed up. He's next to two people that look homeless. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's the, he's the Pope, though. Is he worried? That, why does he call himself the Pope? I think just... Actually, it's not revealed until one sentence at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. So we, we should... But Actually, I, I, no deal. he just calls himself that because he's got a... He's an egomaniac. Yeah. Now, the old man wants to buy some food from this cart. This looks like disgusting food to me. Yeah, we have a food cart here that drives around, you know. it. Mm -hmm. Everybody says it's delicious, but I can never get over the fact that it's still being served out of a wagon. Exactly. Who is that old bastard? It's driving me nuts. I gotta... I, re I, I realize... Yeah, I realize to the listeners, I, I dip into the IMDb way too much. They probably get tired of... Um, hear him type on this keyboard on the show but i gotta know who this old guy is i mean i know the guy it's just there's two or three of these old man actors from the 80s and 90s that were always he looks like seymour castle a little bit but i'm pretty sure it's not yeah let's see a lot of uh the wind's starting to get rourke's hair all unfurled now let's get that superman curl coming down mm -hmm. kenneth mcmillan he died five years after this movie came out mm. i knew i knew him for a lot of stuff he was in amadeus doom cat's eye runaway train i've seen none of those movies really you never saw cat's eye no. I actually recorded that off cable about a year ago and watched it. He's also in Salem's Lot, played the the um, sheriff in Salem's Lot. I saw that. I didn't like it. God, you don't like anything, cousin. What? <laughs> you don't. Salem's Lot. How how could anybody in the fucking world not like Salem's like, Lot? I've sold you a hundred times. I don't like Stephen King. Would you... I don't, I, I purposely don't watch most of his things. That's probably the best vampire movie or story ever made. Oh, that's Fright Night. Mm, Fright Night's amazing. 
But Salem's Lot is such an epic story, man. With the vampire kids. It's creepy. Directed by the one and only Tobey Hooper. I like him. I like that alligator movie he made. I like every movie he made. Such, such a director he wants. What about a Nobody take? Can... Massacre 2, though. Massacre 2 is probably even better than the first one, wouldn't you say? Dennis Hopper and Bill Mosley? Yeah. It's kind of funny. Okay, fine. I've never been a fan of the series. Finally, we get introduced to Beg- Bedbug Eddie here. Yeah, and if that ain't the most intimidating mob name ever. <laughs> we're, we're 33 minutes into the movie and we get to meet Bedbug Eddie. The villain of the film. So, well, not really. Yeah. You, do that <laughs> you know, Bedbug Eddie is an intimidating mobster because when you go to see him, he makes you eat food off his plate. <laughs> See, I always think of him. I always think of Burt Young as Paulie. Yeah, it, like it kind of it kind of screws me up that Eric Roberts is named Paulie, and then you, yeah. you have Burt Young in this movie. Well, Burt Young also played a mobster in uh, the one of the most underrated action movies ever, Excessive Force. Yeah, you know that's Knight's fans. Sorry. Yeah, you know what? Actually, my favorite Burt Young performance is Long Beach. <laughs> actually, no. But close. Amityville 2, The Possession. He plays the Italian quick-tempered dad who beats the shit out of his kids. He beats the shit out of his kids and everything. <laughs> yeah, he beats the shit out of his kids. Are you a fan of Amityville 2 at all, cousin? I like part 2. I find I like it... part 2 and part 1. I, you know what? Like, I really like part oh, 1. But part 2 is actually scarier, the way the guy keeps transforming into the demon. What did he, didn't he, why did he freak out on his kid? Because he wasn't following the following the mom behind close enough in the, in the <laughs> beginning of the movie. There was something where the kids were being too noisy when they was carrying the boxes in or something. And then um, I like the Amityville remake, actually, with Ryan Reynolds. I didn't think it was bad. I just thought it was one of those remakes who that it was just very similar to the original. Oh, no, I thought it was way better. The, the original was really boring to me. You know what's funny? It wasn't. It was a movie that came out of the theater, but when I was a kid, I always remembered Amityville as being a made-for-TV movie, but it wasn't. It was a regular movie, but it it just seemed like a made-for-TV movie. It seemed like a made-for-like-CBS or something. Yeah. Now, here we have... Where are you at Blood Beach? I've actually never seen it, but I'm very familiar with the movie. Because every podcast talks about it? That's exactly how I know about it. It's a pretty good film. I, I have it. I liked it. Yeah, I'll have to give it a watch sometime. It has a Region 4 release. Nice. You know you're doing good when you've only got a Region 4 release. Snake Eater is real big in in, in Mexico, just so you know. Would that be Region 5? I think that'd be a Region 0. <laughs> <laughs> now, I find it interesting with this plot going on that they, that they devoted some screen time here. To uh, there's this whole story here where Paulie, like a whole sequence, he gets revenge on the cop who towed his car by putting some uh, laxative into his drink. Yeah, because he's got to walk around and check all the meters. Yeah. I really like those uh, sunglasses Paulie has. What what brand was that? That those aviators. Yeah. Well, the, but they're like one piece though. You know what I'm saying? Are they? 
Yeah, because like yeah, they are like mo- like most aviators, like they're just two big lenses. But this is all one big. Ple- they're kind of like gargoyle style aviators. I like them. You have to get a pair, bring them back. Yeah, we'll have to jump at the time machine. I mean, this is a long scene where Polly's just watching the cop. The cop reminds me kind of Louis Anderson, even though it's not him. But uh, Louis Anderson's still alive. He is. I watched a, a diving show a couple years ago where they got celebrities to learn how to dive, like the Olympics, and they got old fat Louis Anderson to dive, and he was so proud of himself that, he, but because he was so heavy, he couldn't really dive. He just would fall into the pool. What was his claim to fame? Because all I really remember him from movie wise was he was the salad cook at Coming to America at McDougal's. Yeah. Well, the. Um, in the early 80s, he got popular with the stand-up comedy specials. That's what happened. Really? Was yeah. It funny? You know what? I remember liking him as a kid, but he was like one of those comics that really appealed to kids. That's why he eventually made a cartoon, you know what I mean? So I'm thinking if I thought he was hilarious as a five-year-old, I probably wouldn't appreciate his humor too much now. I remember when Pauly Shore's first album came out when I was in high school, and it was so funny for two weeks. Yeah. And then, man, did that get unfunny. Fit. I'd never seen anybody get so unfunny so fast. <laughs> now, this is interesting. Charlie takes his, his uh, high-class girlfriend, Daryl Hannah, to a restaurant that apparently is in somebody's house, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, it's like a maybe it's a bed and breakfast. <laughs> yeah, it's really strange. Yeah, this really looks like a house. It does look like an old house. Yeah, the Iron Forge Inn. Do you think, being he's from Greenwich, he lives anywhere near Triple H? I don't think so. I think Triple H is more up and around in the Toronto area. If you remember when Triple H first debuted, he was from Greenwich, Connecticut. As the Blue Blood? Yeah. When he became a degenerate, I think he moved. I think you're getting Greenwich, Connecticut mixed up with Greenwich Village in New York. Isn't it all the same? No, it's not. (laughs) Greenwich Village, you're going to run into some young, wise guys like Paulie and Charlie. Greenwich, Connecticut, you're going to run into a bunch of old men in diapers like Vince McMahon. I gotcha. (laughs) This kind of takes a lot of... uh, Balls here to take your pregnant girlfriend to a fancy bed and breakfast um, here. By the way, the waitress, is, I'm pretty sure it's the slutty mom from The Crow. I found it weird that this lady stood out like that. Remember the part when The Crow grabbed this lady's arms and made the drugs come out of the holes in her <laughs> Squeezed all that hair, that morphine out of her. Yeah. But yeah, he's got a lot of balls taking his... thinking that Crow pumpkin, cousin? Oh, that was great. See, if you were booking the face, you could you could uh, share all them photos with the world. You could post, you know what I see? You could post that picture and say you made it. <laughs> how about how about a you know, I was actually thinking of uh once the month of October comes cuz you did a Jason Voorhees one. I was going to make that like the profile picture on the 80s movie graveyard page. I did Michael Myers too. Oh, that's right, yeah. Maybe I'll alternate all the 80s-themed ones on there. Just tell them, just tell everybody you carved them. Yeah. Now, this is Damn, the... I shouldn't be giving the secrets away on live, on the air. Oh, it would be even better when people realize they're being lied to on Facebook. 
Yeah, see that? I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a Crimson Ghost tomorrow. Really? Yeah. That's going to be really cool. I might have to steal that for for uh, the Hillbilly DVD reviews uh, Facebook. Yeah, I'm going to make that. I've got the stencil ready. I just got to go buy a couple more of those Funkins, they're called. Now, here we see Charlie with... Um, with uh, his dad, who's in a hospital. And this is the only time we ever see his dad. I thought this was an interesting scene, but it seemed like it really just came out of nowhere. Just like the shot of the guy's diapers. Yeah. But uh, those those pumpkins, those fake pumpkins you carved, are they, ma- are they made for carving, or did you just yep. decide to do that? Oh, that, that's what they're, they're supposed for. to be for. Yeah. Depending on where you buy them, they run anywhere from on a sale price of $15 or a non-sale price of 30 So Ooh. you got to kind of drive around to where you get them. Yeah, and you've done, like, what, eight of them so far? No, nah, I have a couple more I didn't send you. I did, like, some normal weird faces, and I did I did a Nightmare Before Christmas one, and then I did a, just some other, like, real goofy face-looking thing. Nice. Then you just buy the little fake candle lights to stick on the bottom of them. Yeah. I find this interesting that, uh, and very Mean Streets-esque, by the way, that Paulie was bragging to his dad that he took $500 from Shylock's to go see Frank Sinatra at the Garden. He's so proud of himself. Like, he's so fancy. You said Shylock. <laughs> that's what he said. I'm watching the captions. And I'm just saying that's a great term that you don't hear anymore. It is. Well, Charlie... Do you remember when, do you remember when the great Sal Governale, a.k.a. Sal the stockbroker, did them Frank Sinatra songs and they pranked him? That tell them they were going to put him up for a thing at Carnegie Hall to sing, and he was all excited. <laughs> no, he actually fell for it. Oh, yeah, he fell for a hook, line, and sinker. They all had him going. Wow. That's hilarious. Now, uh, by the way, that's great, just blowing smoke in the face of your pregnant girlfriend. Oh, yeah. But back then, though, you know, blowing smoke in a chick's face means you want to fuck them. Yeah. yeah. Back then, it didn't, you know, you want them to get secondhand smoke and die and have a deformed kid. So Charlie's really got a romantic day planned. First, he took her to a restaurant that was in somebody's house, and he broke the news to her that he was going in on a robbery of Polly. Now he takes her to a park bench, and he orders a, a, a guy who's about 20 feet away with a boombox to play him some music so he can dance with his woman. <laughs> that he's blowing smoke in her face. Yeah, while she's pregnant. While she's pregnant. This man goes all out for the romance. Yeah. And Daryl Hannah's trying to talk some sense into him not to get messed up in this, but he's he's made up his mind. He's he's you know, as soon as this date is over, he's gonna go do the robbery pretty much. He's loyal to his brother. Yeah. Or his cousin, I think. Cousin. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, you're right, cousin. Did you notice a lot of these movies it was always cousins? Yeah, and then like they Because uh, uh later on the one guy who works for Bed Bogotti, they say Polly is his nephew, but not really, or some shit. Yeah, I don't get it. They rip us off. Yeah. And, and that's only because we ripped off Johnny Drama. Exactly. I There's should... a Wahlburgers marathon going on right now, by the way. <laughs> and I'm glad we're not watching. <laughs> no, that, that, their food got stale. Where's the Mongo McMichael yeah. uh, fucking reality show? That's what I want to see. I really like this, uh, you know, I really don't even know what you would call this movie, a comedy, a drama, a dramedy, whatever. Um, maybe. 
coming of age. Yeah. Coming of age for guys in their 30s. <laughs> it's its own genre. It's coming of middle age. <laughs> I really like it, though. And I like this, uh, you know, we kind of had the serious part. Now we're going to have our robbery sequence. And I actually like the whole robbery bit of this movie. I find it pretty interesting. Let me ask you a question. Who do you think has been the best mobster in movies? In movies? Ooh, that's tough. You mean in terms of just like a badass ball breaker one? He's just the most believable, you know, just the best mm. in general. You know, it's 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 hard. I'm going to say... I almost want to say Pacino in The Godfather because it's such a good performance where we see that he goes from not wanting to be a mobster to being fucking hard as balls and shit like that. De Niro's good as the young Don Corleone in Godfather Part 2. You know what? I'm actually going to say De Niro as Al Capone in The Untouchables. Really? Yeah. He beats he beats a guy's head in at a dinner table with a baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> you can't top that. <laughs> uh, now the one I like it here sounds real good because I don't remember his name. The James Con movie Heat or Thief, I mean Thief. Yeah, that's a great movie. The, I love the mob, that movie. The mobster in that. The oh, the older guy. Yeah, I thought he was probably the best mobster I've ever seen in a film. Oh, he gives him a stolen baby and then blackmails him for it. <laughs> That's a great mobster move right there. <sighs> you know my favorite part of that movie, yeah, Heat? Al Pacino in Dick Tracy. Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> my favorite part of the movie Thief is when James Conn and his girlfriend go to the adoption agency and, uh, you know, they're trying to adopt a kid, and the lady's kind of, like, telling them they're not qualified because, you know, uh, you know, James Conn has a, a criminal record or whatever. And James Conn, he gets mad. He says, listen, lady, I grew up in, like, state orphanages. It, you know, it ain't no picnic, all right? Just give us a kid. We'll take any kid you got. We'll even take a black one. <laughs> I love that movie. I love it's it. It's 70s, though, I think, isn't it? No, no, it's uh, early 80s. That's heavy, yeah. Maybe literally 1980. Do you have the... There's Amazing, I have it, too, because the DVD really wasn't that good quality, but there's a great um, uh, Criterion Blu-ray of that. It's really worth picking up. Is it worth the money? Yes, it's worth the money. Because the DVD... Okay. The DVD... It does look very good. Well, not only that, but it's not even, like, really uh, widescreen. It's, like, one of those ones just letterboxed. You know what I mean? Yeah. 1981 Thief. Yeah. As soon as you pick up that Blu-ray, we got to do that one. Yeah, but, well... Criterion, I always kind of wait for sales. I mean, I really yeah. like oh, their yeah. stuff, but sometimes they're... I bought a bunch of them when the Borders was going out of business here, but, yeah, other than that, they're... Uh, yeah. Yeah, for what they are, they're a little pricey. Yeah. This one was one of the ones that wasn't too bad. Like, like not on sale on Amazon, it's twenty two forty nine. So when it goes on sale... I don't... I don't even 22 I don't, I don't yeah. want to pay more than 30 Oh, yeah. Once it gets past 25 then it's kind of like, ooh. I think I, I might have paid 30 for the RoboCop when it came out. 
Oh, that that was the first DVD I bought was the Criterion Robocop. That shit was like $35, cousin. Yeah. It, had a, it was the X-rated print, finally. Yep. Which I don't know why I got so excited. I had it on Laserdisc. Yeah. I find it interesting that this crooked cop that, you know, we'll see what happens to him here in a minute. But this crooked cop who's blackmailing Eddie the Bedbug and all those kind of fuckers. Um... This is a long drawn out. That's why this movie's interesting. It goes places other movies don't go. It's a long drawn out scene of him living with his mom, this cop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, uh... and then it goes here to just some kind of goofy madcap, you know, caper where they're climbing across the roof. Yeah, that's why I like this movie. This this caper part of it, it's really, um, I don't know. It's just really interesting that you would throw this sequence in into the movie. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't I, know who I, the fuck wears a suit with wingtip shoes to scale a roof. Yeah, and like the the caper, like you said, the way they pull it off is they have to go over roofs and slide down chimneys and do all kinds of bullshit. And he's wearing a suit. Yeah. That guy looks like an old Dustin Hoffman. The cop. Yeah. Yeah. Dustin Hoffman, a very underrated actor. I'm actually glad to hear you say that after you spent the whole night shitting on Robert De Niro and Jack Nicholson and all these other guys. I never shit on him. I said they could only play one part. You know what De Niro's best acting was? What's that? The King of Comedy. Oh, that's a great movie. Got that on the DVD. Me too. And if you... Fans, here's a tip. If you ever hear us say that we both have a movie on DVD... You can look forward to that being an upcoming episode. <laughs> King of Comedy is a group. For anyone that hasn't seen it, it's it's a movie where Robert De Niro does not play Robert De Niro. He plays some schmuck. Yeah. And it's really... It's, yeah, it's really ahead of its time. Because, like, don't you... See, I mean, obviously it's way before this existed, but his character, the way he puts on those fake shows in his basement and shit, doesn't that seem like what pretty much people on YouTube now do? Exactly. And... And yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. That would work. It if you made that movie now, it would be a hit, right? Which I don't know if it was when it came out. I mean, of course, I was too little. I didn't see it when it came out. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't think it was. I think it was uh, one of Scorsese's flops. The weird thing is, is, it had that Sandra Bernhardt in it, who was ugly as she is. I'm one of them guys that would openly admit back then I would have fucked the hell out of her. There was something very interesting about her, you know, and her roles and her parts she played. She was, you know, there was, I mean, like you said, she wasn't the best looking woman, but there's a reason why they kept putting her in movies. She was an interesting personality. I mean, she was ass ugly, but there was something about her that was sexually attractive. Yeah. Now, it was very subtle detail, but uh, Polly just just to have something to, like, slap around in his hand, he pulled one of the, ne- like, one of those uh, big uh, tool files uh, out of the... The, the bag there just to like slap it on his leg he's gonna you know leave that behind and that's gonna be what his this whole downfall is gonna lead to with this robbery caper kind of reminded me of the old slapjacks yeah remember when hollywood hogan and wcw had the slapjack only it looked like an old dirty black sock yeah, Speak- and, he, and he would knock you out for you'd get hit with that thing. You'd be out for hours. Speaking of Hollywood Hogan, when Hollywood Hogan, you know, had that moniker and was playing that role up, his gimmick was that he filmed all these Hollywood movies. And like you see him bragging, you know, at the pay per view, he's filming this movie. He's filming, but then when those movies came out, they're all directed video. So how Hollywood was he? 
Well, a couple of them were straight movies made just for TNT. <laughs> right, right. I still think it's... A sh- I'm not agreeing with what the man said by no means, but I think it's a shame that he got blackballed the way he did. Well, that's the thing is... Um... You know, somebody, you know, and that's another thing. It, I don't know. It's a weird subject because it's like he was being taped without his knowledge. But he said what he said. It's fine if you just don't want to have the guy on TV right now while everybody's pissed at him. But it's, it's. I mean, you know, especially guys our age. We grew up. Hulk Hogan was wrestling. It's a little impossible to just erase him from the Hall of Fame and pretend like he never wrestled at all. You know what I mean? Thank God the Hall of Fame ain't a real building. <laughs> exactly. I don't even think it's really a room in Vince McMahon's house either. I don't either. No. I think it's a way to tie them people up in a contract where they can't do nothing else. Exactly. Because God forbid if they went to like TNA and, and played the commissioner or whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? Or Lucha Underground. Who lost their contracts with uh, Destination America. Did it finally become official? Yeah, they're off in February is their last, uh, last day. That's actually pretty good, though, because they kept saying they were going to be off after September. So this part, this gives them time now to, uh, you know, get another deal, probably. Lucha Underground better come back for a second season, because that was the best damn wrestling show I'd seen in years. It was amazing. By the way, because uh, my cable company never labels anything right, uh, I never got to see the Vampiro match. It never recorded. Oh, it's probably on inter- It's probably on YouTube. Yeah, that's how I'm going to have to watch it. But yeah, Lucha Underground canceled too. Not Well, not really canceled, just never coming back because it costs too much money. Well, we don't know that. It's still not official. Well, if you go like past the new TV season and you don't have new episodes, like unless it's going to be like Seth MacFarlane's family guy and come back five years later, I, I think it's done. Uh, I don't get the fascination with that cartoon. I don't either. Now, this cop... He sees the guys just hiding in the corner, not even attacking him. He starts shooting wildly, and he jumps down the elevator shaft. Yeah, not the not the brightest cop out there. No. That's no slow hand police work. <laughs> no. That's not even Brian, uh, whatever his name was, police work for Fast and Furious. Brian O'Connell. Brian O'Connell, yeah. Worst fucking cop out there. Yeah. He kept getting reemployed. Even uh, even worse than Luke Hobbs, I would say. Oh, I don't know. That guy's pretty bad. He was pretty dirty, and he sexually harassed all his female partners. He did. He slept with them all, but we're supposed to believe he's a hero. He kept smacking Gina Carano, telling her what nice ass she had. Yeah, that wasn't very nice of him. No, but I'll tell you, watching him steal that ambulance and drive it on top of a drone had the whole theater I was in pop. Really? Yeah, everybody was like, when you saw him in the ambulance, everybody in the screening I was in was like, yeah. Same for when he went, daddy's got to go to work. <laughs> broke his cast. Yeah, broke his cast off. Now, of course, after the cop accidentally falls down the elevator shaft and dies, they just continue on with the robbery. <laughs> well, I mean, why not? They're already there. Yeah. I don't, I, honestly, like, I don't, like, you know, that's the thing with this movie is they really try to, like, lay a guilt trip and act like this cop dying was a big deal. I don't think it was these guys' fault, because think about it, they're there to rob, yeah, they're there to rob Bedbug Eddie, 
the cop was there to get some tape, you know, some conversations on tape so he could blackmail Bed Bug Eddie. So they're both there to steal. They're both doing wrong. I don't feel bad for that cop at all. I'm trying to figure out why nobody could hear all this commotion. The only thing I could think of is, like, it's just after hours in this uh, industrial part of town. Like, no, nobody's at work anymore. You know what I mean? Make your words loud as fuck. There's been gunshots. Yeah, that's true. The old guy from Dune there doesn't have a silencer on his drill. Mm-mm. That was a good scene with uh, Mickey Rourke slapping Polly, telling him how he screwed him and all that. Mickey Rourke slaps him around a lot. Yeah. Very abusive. But I think Polly has to take it because he knows nobody else would help him. You know what I mean? This could be a Lifetime movie. Yeah. Just for the, you know, family abuse. Did you ever watch that Will Ferrell Lifetime movie? No, I didn't. I watched Will Ferrell last week, and I watched the special on HBO about Will Ferrell playing baseball, though. How was that? It was actually pretty good. That's a guy who really fell out of the limelight quick. Well, you you know what really hurt Will Ferrell's career? You know, being like the comedy guy in Hollywood, making two, three, sometimes three movies a year. Was Will Ferrell really became a big star and started making movies at a time when uh, people decided they weren't going to pay for movie tickets anymore. That every, <clears throat> that everything was worth uh, either, you know, renting the DVD or just downloading the torrent. I tried to watch Anchorman 2 on cable not that long ago. I, I started out kind of liking it, but yeah. when I was getting bored and I looked and was like, oh man, this is, I still got an hour and five minutes left. I, I gave up. Yeah, I saw it in the theater in um, 30, 40, you know, especially with comedies, like you laugh, you laugh, you get worn out of laughing. Two hours and 17 minutes, I don't care how good or bad the jokes are, you're not going to really enjoy it, you know? I don't know if I've ever seen a comedy that long that has kept me. Comedy, 90 minutes. I don't know if I've ever seen a two-hour job that's really had me. Because I hated all the Judd Apatow ones just because they go too goddamn long. Well, they go too long and there's not, you know, comedies in general, they just don't have a lot of story to them. So it's hard to hold your interest for hours and hours. Still this day, I haven't watched the one where Adam Sandler's dying and Seth Rogen is there to learn how to become a comedic genius from him. <laughs> that, that movie is actually pretty good. And then the movie ends, like, you know, story-wise, it comes to the end. I go, okay, there's five minutes left. And then you realize there's about 70 minutes left. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I can't take that stuff. Yeah. Even like the 40-year-old virgin, I liked it, but it's like, man, when's this going to end? This, this, this one-trick jokes get old after a while. Yeah. Now here we have the, all the shit breaking down between Paulie and Charlie. The fallout from the robbery here. They're starting to realize how screwed they really are by, you know, doing this robbery in the first place and botching it up and everything. Did they really botch it up that bad as to where they'd be fingered? Well, yeah, because uh, as it comes out later, uh, Paulie left that um, that file there with his fingerprints on it. Yeah, but it doesn't have Charlie's on it. No, but Polly ain't... Well, I mean, that's the whole point of the movie, is Polly can't, uh, under pressure, he can't keep his mouth shut. No. He'd fold under questioning. Yeah, and he does. 
I mean, he probably, in all honesty, Polly probably, probably, probably would have uh, folded under police questioning. But once once he starts losing thumbs, he's really going to yeah. look. Yeah, see, once they start cutting off orifices there, you're kind of. Yeah. Even the old man here is starting to realize how screwed they are because, you know, it's one thing to steal money. Like, if you stole money from a legit business, the only thing you have to worry about is the cops getting you. Like, maybe they'll catch you, maybe they'll go to jail. But you steal from a gangster, like, it's going to be a lot worse. I don't know, even the guy who's intimidating killer name is Bad Bugs. Yeah, well, do you like using your thumbs on a daily basis? I'm trying to think, hold on. Yeah, I do have to use them. Yeah, it's a little a little hard to drive a car without thumbs. But if a guy named Bedbug wanted to come after me, I'd probably fight him. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of the whole point of the Pope of Greenwich Village, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Because he's the Pope. Mm-hmm. Those are, those are the old days when everything sort of used to happen around a little cramped... Um, uh, kitchen table. That's where all business was discussed. Yeah. Is it Goodfellas or Casino where they, they, uh, Pesci whacks the guy and, like, the mom comes out and makes them all dinner in, like, the middle of the night? Goodfellas. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great scene. Can we need to borrow this knife? We hit a deer. It's got some of it stuck in the grill. I got cut it out. Here's, here's they talk about their Uncle Pete could help them out if, you know, Everybody, you know, if everything goes sideways and Bedbug Eddie and all the guys figure out who did it, but Charlie's smart enough. He knows, you know, if they if if the word comes down who it is, they're gonna be fucked. This movie didn't have a good, heartwarming Italian story though about how a guy who he sharpened knives and forks and then everybody <laughs> bought plastic. Yeah, he didn't have nothing to sharpen no more. My dad. He never had a purpose in life after they came out with disposable scissors. <laughs> he would wake up in the morning and he'd walk all day sharpening the spoons. Yeah. And he'd come home at night with holes in his shoes and sometimes only with 50 cents. He would ring the bell in the cart and nobody would come out to get their scissors in I have no idea what how intricate to the plot that was, but it was a good story. It was a, it was a, some great acting too by Sloane. Mm-hmm. The finest Italian accent in movie history. Yeah. And I gotta say, like where Bedbug Eddie is and stuff, it's one of those you know they just bought a the gangsters bought a storefront, painted up the windows. It said it's a members-only club. They always have those in gangster movies, right? A members-only club. Members-only. Yeah. That should be your tip-off. Yeah. If you're the cops and you want to know where all the crime is coming from, look at your nearest members-only club. Members-only. Or just go down to the docks. Yeah. And that's what I like about this movie. You know, being a two-hour movie, uh, it don't blow its wad in the first ten minutes and whatever. Like, they keep introducing more and more characters as the movie goes on. This is actually filmed up in New York, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. They didn't. They don't do like them jabrones now and go to Toronto and try to tell you it's New York. I have seen so many. Now I need, and I think I think every movie filmed is in Canada nowadays. Either Canada, Australia, or Bucharest. 
Okay, wait a minute. <clears throat> Australia. I got to say this off topic for a minute. Mm-hmm. Mad Max Fury Road oh. is a horrible piece of shit. I agree. I wasted $23 on that movie. It's so fucking boring. It'll be on Black Friday for five bucks. Watch it. That is just so... It's just dumb on every level. There's nothing even cool about it. By the way, I ain't gonna say who. I'll give a hint. Maybe it's a... uh, Maybe it's a guy who likes to eat steaks. (laughs) I got called out just last night for how dare I... Six months ago for calling that fake Mad Max. Now, you've seen it, Corey. Would you agree that's not a Mad Max movie? No, it's Charisse Theron's movie with some sidekick dude in it. Right. And that sidekick dude, I I wouldn't even say that sidekick dude is Mad Max. (laughs) No, because he gets captured in the beginning. They're sucking blood out of him. Yeah. Uh, No, he's kind of a bitch. And the movie's so full of plot holes. Yeah. And how come in this futuristic society where gas... Is so rare. They have cars with people on it playing guitars that have gasoline in it, and everything shoots fire. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this guy's got to give out water, the most precious supply ever, and he just lets it go down and fall on everyone. That's kind of wasteful. Why don't he get, like, pipes or something? Well, I don't know. I'm. Is it okay if I don't defend that movie? <laughs> by the by. By the way, the movie came out, what, four or five months ago in the theater? As we yeah. speak right now, somebody's masturbating on Facebook about it still. Whatever that, that should win the Oscar. What the fuck should it win for the what? Oscar for? For what? Most Maybe boring. Razzie. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, but that's because all the, it was practical effects. There was mm. no CGI. Well, lucky for them that that nuclear uh, dust storm happened to come along during filming. By, by the way, cousin, I filled out a survey from Warner Brothers, you know, practical effects and all. I, I filled out a survey from Warner Brothers about that movie. And they said, what made you see this movie? Do you like the director? Do you like the star actor? Then the third choice was the CGI action scenes. <laughs> so tell me that movie's all practical when the studio is saying, do you like the CGI action scenes? I would have crossed down put other stupidity. <laughs> exactly. And, and everybody just says I'm insane. And I said, well, Fast and the Furious has way, Fast and Furious 7, way better car scenes. Everybody said I was nuts. Oh, no. That that part where Paul Walker's on the bus that's going over the cliff, that's way better. Way better. That's like comparing a Walmart to a Neiman Marcus. There you go. This is oh, a... I hated I hated Fear um, Fury Road. I mean, the the end sequence. Even my wife hated it. We're like, you know, this end sequence. Maybe it would have been cooler if it wasn't already at the hour and forty eight minute mark. Yeah, that was a great death for the bad guy too, where they showed nothing because they wanted a P- they didn't get it, but they wanted a PG thirteen rating. It was, it, I'll tell you, it was just a horrible movie. But I'm not a fan of that series, but that movie is, is probably my least favorite of the series. It's just shit. Everybody just thought it was the greatest thing ever. I don't get it. I'll tell you what. I'll leave you to deal with all that hatred now. <laughs> yeah, I'll I tell you what. I've been taking shit the whole time. I was taking shit 
10 months ago when I said I wasn't that excited to see it. And the worst part was I saw that movie on my birthday, cousin. Oh, I'm sorry. I know. I wish they would have timed the release a little better and I could have seen Fast and the Furious on my birthday. I would have enjoyed that more. The Furious 7 was a good movie. It was. It just came out like in February or whatever. So we got introduced to the cops who are going to figure out this robbery. They're sweating the, the mother of the uh, crooked cop. Now we get treated to a scene of this is what Daryl Hannah does for a living, teaching dance aerobics. This scene right here reminds me of the scene from Private Resort. <laughs> Don't you think? Private Resort is a great movie. Yeah, we should do a commentary for Private Resort someday. We should. Yeah. Look at Paul. Cyborg. Inside work. Polly's enjoying being in front of all these women flipping and jumping and doing whatever. Yeah, don't blame him. He should be in the back there, you know, just smiling like that. <laughs> yeah. You probably pick it. I bet it, you think about it. There's, what, 30, 40 girls in here, damn near naked, jumping around, dancing around, showing their bodies. If you walk in and you're the only man in the room smiling, you probably pick one of those women up, wouldn't you think? You got no competition. Yeah, you got no competition. I just want to know in the movies, every time the guy goes into the aerobic studio, all the women are hot. Right. In real life, it don't work that way. It's always them fat women trying to look hot. Exactly. You know what? We were kind of bagging on Daryl Hannah before this podcast started. She looks good in this, this aerobic outfit. Yeah, she's got a nice body. I don't think she's that pretty, but she's got a real nice body. It's kind of fucked she's not, up. She's not ugly. There's just no, no. something about her that I... She's not my type. Yeah. It's pretty fucked up here, though, that Charlie told his girlfriend all the details of the robbery. Why would you do that? You know who she looks better than? Hmm. Sonny. Oh, I wouldn't agree with that. Wait, what? are... Wait... No, actually, then, compare whatever, 1984 Daryl Hannah to 1984 Sonny, Sonny Sodder. Now, have you seen the pictures of Daryl Hannah now, compared to Sonny now? I'd still take Sonny. Pictures of Sonny now? I mean, I didn't see her uh, latest DUI mugshot, but I've seen where she's naked on the the Skype. It might cost 40 bucks, but we can get a nice long interview with her. Exactly. I'm just, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a special guest, but I'm going to I'm gonna save some money. I'm only going to do uh, $10. I think I can get a special guest for $10. I, I, I'm telling you again, I think you're overpaying. All right. But yeah, if you... $10.98. cents. <laughs> I, 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 I bet your card, Brad. I bet you could get a different special guest for four ninety nine. I kind of did the Burt Reynolds laugh there a little bit on accident. For four ninety nine, do you think, do you think I could get somebody from New York to be on the show? Oh no, I think you get somebody from New York to be on the show, Mister Shill. <laughs> yeah. You know, I could probably get a... There's one guest I'm thinking of I could probably get if I just checked in on him. Let's not go there. (laughs) Wow, this is a good slapping scene. Charlie, he's expressing how he fucked up the robbery and they're going to get caught and he's to run away and do all this shit. Daryl Hannah's just slapping the piss out of him in front of everybody. 
you should just, I don't get why, all the, the, here's the dumb thing, they're all talking about how they need to skip town, yet no one's going anywhere. Exactly. <clears throat> Maybe some lazy ass getaway guys. Maybe you were didn't go out much in the sun back then, did he? Look at him. It's real pasty. Yeah. It's like Seamus. Yeah, he kind of is. <laughs> if Seamus and Paige had a baby, how white would that motherfucker be? God. That's the only thing I'll miss about TNA. They actually have attractive women there. They have real attractive women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't they don't go for them ugly ones like Vince does. Oh, and then Vince has to have them automatically get the surgery where they all look the same. <laughs> I want you all to look like the same ugly woman. <laughs> I always thought China was pretty hot. What do you think of this guy eating cantaloupe in front of a bulldog there? Is that like... Do you think that bulldog really wants to eat that cantaloupe? I don't know. My dog's a mooch. Like, even... Like, you ever notice, though, if you try to give a dog something healthy, they don't want to eat it, usually? Bullshit. Really? The only thing my dog won't eat is olives. Wow. She'll eat anything else. That's interesting. She'll eat lettuce. Yeah. Now, am I crazy here, or Uncle Pete, isn't this the guy from Deep Red? The main guy from Deep Red? The fuck's Deep Red? Oh, the Argento movie? Yeah, the Argento movie. I was going to say, isn't he the cook from uh, Beverly Hills 90210? Was he? I don't think so. I've seen him before. He isn't the guy from Deep Red, is he? I'm pretty sure he is. If not Deep Red, then some other movie. And I think he might be dead now. Tony Musante. Handsome I've seen him in stuff. Handsome, rugged, talented Italian American actor. Born June thirtieth, nineteen thirty six in British. I'm sorry. The bird with the crystal plumage are Jim's first giallo. That's what he's from. He's the guy in that. What else was he in? He's actually he's actually in, in a lot. Let's see. He died in 2013, age 77. The the last movie he was in was 2007. We own the night with Mark Wahlberg, and Joaquin Phoenix. Um, started acting actually in the 50s on the soap opera as the world turns. Hmm. Yeah. Let's see. All this. Yeah. Bird with the Crystal Plumage is in 1970. I don't like that movie. Really? I really like I it. I don't, I don't like Jalos that much, though. Do you have the uh, Blu-ray of it? <clears throat> I have the D- I have Anchor Bay DVD. Yeah, I never even really saw it until that Blue Underground, or whoever it was, Blu-ray came out. Yeah, he's in Pope of Greenwich Village. He was on the Equalizer TV show one time. Let's see. So weird. I guess I really only know him for these two years. He's also in The Yards with Mark Wahlberg. That's actually a pretty decent movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. And that was really it. He did a lot of TV shows. He has 65 credits, but it looks like he bounced back and forth in between Italy and America doing shit. Maybe he was doing movies with Franco Nero. Ooh. (laughs) Would you agree that Franco Nero is maybe a guy who doesn't deserve his legendary status? 100%. (laughs) One hundred percent. Considering if you watch, everybody's like, "But he was in Enter the Ninja." It's like, okay, number one, 
there was somebody else's voice. It was dubbed over. Right. Number two, when he put on that ninja mask, it clearly wasn't him. Oh, exactly. Well, you know what happened with that, like, why that's like that, is the, um, there was another actor, and they were shooting the movie, and he sucked. So then they filmed Franco Nero, and I guess the original actor blended in with the stunt double better, or whatever, you know what I mean? Nero, too, nobody could understand him. No, yeah. I did pre-order, I'll have in two weeks, Electric Boogaloo. Nice. Yeah, I might have to see that. Might have to order that up once I get to my new house here in a couple weeks. Nine dollars sucks. It only has a DVD release, but mm. for nine dollars, I can't complain. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, Kevin. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I kind of feel like we're at. Don't you feel like we're at the point that? I mean, it's fine if they want to put stuff on DVD. But you can't do a DVD-only release in 2015, right? <laughs> like, just... You know, I work with most... Most of the people I work with don't own Blu-ray players. Really? Yeah, well, I work with morons. Do they have HDTVs, though? Probably. Like, I would think at this point, like, you want to rent a movie, buy a movie, wouldn't even be hard... Like, if it was a new movie, wouldn't it even be harder to find a DVD copy of it? I would think everything's pretty much Blu-ray now. Like, if you wanted to go out and buy Fast 7, could you find just a DVD copy of it by itself? No, I think you'd have to buy the, like what I have, the pack with the DVD and the Blu-ray together. Right. Which, by the way, at this point, how they charge you for that DVD, I feel like they're just doing that to to rip us off to make money. Or they're just trying to get rid of all them extra blank DVDs they got by pressing them. Exactly. <laughs> here we go. To the scene here. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Paulie was was uh, dipping his ankle, his horse's ankles in water to toughen it up. Do you think that would work on a racehorse? Yeah, I don't, I don't see how that would. Yeah. This really sucks here because his uncle Pete kind of, you know, I wouldn't say sets him up, but um, he kind of pulls him aside to give him some advice because I guess the thumb cutting is going to happen no matter what. That's what this movie's famous for, right? The thumb cutting. Yeah, because I've heard, like, cartoons rip off the line where he went, they took my freaking thumbs. Yeah, especially Seth MacFarlane cartoons, because he's a creative genius. Yes. Uh, American Dad, I think Roger the Alien said it three or four times when I watched. Yeah. I, I love Polly's rationale here of, uh, you know, Bedbug Buddy, be, uh, Bedbug Eddie is being too harsh because, you know, what did I do? I, I stole money. I didn't rape his daughter. I didn't... <laughs> As long as you don't rape somebody's daughter, apparently, then, then you didn't really do anything too bad. Like, look how his hand uh, keeps moving. It's like he knows the thumb cutting's coming, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's also his character flaw, is he has to pee whenever he gets nervous in this movie. Well, it can happen to the best of us. Yeah. The best of the best, wouldn't you say? I would. Yeah. I find it weird that they do the thumb cutting through a chain link fence as well. Well, I guess that's to pinch it off so he can't bend back. I don't know. Yeah. And this is this is great. The Uncle Pete gives him um, the advice to put lye in his coffee. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that is a good plan. It is. 
Especially because it seems like those little coffee cups, like they drink them almost like shots. So they probably would swallow it before they tasted it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, because there's not that much in there. Yeah. Yeah, because for some reason, if they cut off his thumbs, they give him a job as a barista, even though he has no thumbs. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it'd be hard to serve coffee. Yeah. Well, I think they only take one thumb, and then it's like, I guess the the threat is we'll take the other if you fuck up, you know? Well, I thought they took them both. No, nah, because he only has one hand that's bandaged up throughout the rest of the movie. Oh. But yeah, if you lose both thumbs, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you what, this really is Academy Award type acting here from Eric Roberts. The way he's like, his face is spasming and he's tearing up. Like, I mean, this guy, you know, I think his personal demons caught up with him. But uh, at one point in time, this guy was a great actor. He, he was. He was a good actor. Then he just, like you said, he started making just, he kind of went that Nicolas Cage route. They needed yeah. money for their stupidity. So they just started making so much shit. No one cared about him. Yeah. Because he had a great... Because I think even Star 80 was like maybe like a year before this or something. And that was a big hit, I remember. That was pretty well uh, well received. Yeah, and for a sleazy movie, I think it was like a major studio put it out. I don't own that one. I don't remember much about it. I don't either. I kind of want to see it again. <clears throat> hey, seeing this movie made me want to watch it again, honestly. Wow. <laughs> I'm trying to look at... Uh... Eric Roberts IMDb cousin to see what movies he had. First of all, <laughs> not a lot of quality control. Actor, 399 credits. I'm scrolling down so long and I'm only at the 2014 mark on his career. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he for a while, he was doing like 10 movies a year. Yeah. Let's he did see. a lot of TV too. Yeah. He, <sighs> it looks like from 1964... <clears throat> to 1983 he was mostly doing tv and in 83 he did star 80 the next year he did the pope of greenwich village 85 the coca-cola kid and runaway train so he had a great career like right off the bat it seemed like mm-hmm. and then 86 tv movie 86 a movie i'm not familiar with so his career got super hot and then it seemed like it just cooled off right away because Eight, he didn't do anything in 87. He did a TV movie in 88. And then 89, he had, like, a bunch of uh, theatrical movies, like Rude Awakening, which I remember, and Best of the Best. But they were they were the type of movies that came out for, like, a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, I remember Best of the Best being theatrical. I'm pretty sure it was. <clears throat> yeah, so, I don't know. As, as quick as his career heated up, it just, you know... Whatever. So that guy was smart. He has a trap door. Yeah. That was good. The only problem with the trap door is he left the door open, so when they looked in the other window, they could tell where he went. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that didn't make any... He didn't uh, cover his escape very well. No, not at all. Yeah, poor Eric Roberts, man. I wish he would have kept his reputation up and could have done some more good... Uh, acting roles you know what i mean yeah he, well you, what you didn't think his turn in best of the best two was heart-wrenching <laughs> i mean chris penn died and he had to get revenge i'll be honest no <laughs> that's a great movie i actually watched that a few weeks back i haven't seen it in a long time but i don't know i don't i don't i don't think you can match up to the pope of greenwich village 
I've just always been fascinated how Sonny Landon could be the brother of the Korean guy. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Star 80 on the archive collection already. Damn. Those archive collections, they get my money more so when they're on sale. Yeah. I I don't think you should have to pay more than $10 for an archive collection, personally. Most of my archive... I mean, some of them look good. Like, some of them look good and some of them just look like they were recorded off cable. Yeah. I've never seen one that was bad, bad. Spirit isn't that great, but that's an old film, so... Yeah. And like, like my my Netflix could kill is good. My class yeah. act is good. I just bought The Deliberate Stranger, which was actually a TV miniseries. So, I mean, it's not widescreen because it was made for TV. But, I mean, for, you know, something that they probably took off a of videotape at one time, it looks okay. Where are you at with the miniseries starting next week? Heroes Reborn that features one member of the original cast that had no powers. I'll be honest, I'm probably not going to tune into that. <laughs> yeah, I thought the first season of Heroes was okay. That's my review. It was okay, and then it was all downhill after that. Yeah. Charlie here being upset that his girlfriend left him, which, if you think about it, he actually should be happy because it makes things a lot easier for him. But um, she left, so uh, he trashed his whole apartment. Yeah, which is just really stupid. And this guy's gotten some really bad medical stitching here as he's bleeding clearly through his bandage. Well, I, I, I don't even think they left him with that. I think he just had to grab some from somewhere, you know. He might have a sock. A sock wrapped around it? Mr. Socko. I mean, like, <clears throat> how do you really stop a guy? Like, if you cut a thumb clean off, that's a pretty gaping wound because, you know, your thumb is a big kind of, you know joint there like how would you even get that to stop bleeding and heal up or i mean what what, what would eventually You'd have to cauterize it yeah that's what i would think you have to do the rambo yeah or the, i'm gonna get you sucker when he heated up the 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 uh paper clip and got his the little cutty head on his finger yeah <laughs> this is this is another great acting scene of uh robert's uh you know, he went to the hospital, he said, you know, to stop the bleeding or whatever, and they gave him a, a bottle of pills, and he took them all. So, I mean, he's high as a kite right here, probably for real. You know, didn't Dolph Lundgren try to burn his stomach clean in The Punisher when he was in his sewer cave? Which which I don't think you could get anything really clean in a sewer cave. <laughs> no, because what was he using to heat the thing? Was he burning trash? <laughs> Fecal matter. <laughs> We're getting ready for the climax here. Yeah. Let's lead them. There's still a little bit. There's still a few scenes. But man, uh, this is a... Uh, I'd say this is probably the acting moment of the film right here between these two. You got, you got Roberts going full on. They took my thumb, Charlie. And then you have Charlie just... His moment of like realizing how fucked they are. He's been drinking all night and all this shit going on. Samir, does he look? He looks pretty rough there. Yeah, he does. Must have had a boxing match over the course of filming. <laughs> well, I mean, you can see him working in his real life. He had to have a boxing bag here. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was another version. I'm going to. I don't know for sure. I'm going to guess that it was probably a TV movie. But there was another version of Star 80 made with Jamie Lee Curtis. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. 
That would be better. You, than Star 80, do you think? Mm-hmm. Well, Jamie Lee Curtis is hot. Especially that that time period. She was probably the perfect woman back then. I mean, she was all natural. She was just a knockout. I think the best she ever looked, <clears throat> if you uh, watch it or look Dream up... Princess. Actually, no. The movie <clears throat> Perfect with John Travolta, where she played an aerobics instructor, she got in great shape. I didn't think she looked good in True Lies because you're talking about one guy that don't like the movie True Lies. Yeah, I mean, there's that one scene where she slicks her hair back and her boobs are out. She looks good in that one scene, but they made her too frumpy for the rest of the movie, I thought. The movie's boring and overly long. I think it's because James Cameron made it during his sellout era. I know. He let us down after making that great Piranha (laughs) 2. Or the Terminator. Yeah. Terminator was good, I thought. Yeah, we did a commentary on it. Yeah. We traveled so back in time. Other people. Yeah. That's funny how, you know, you, you and me, were inspired by the 1980s to do commentary tracks. A lot of other people are inspired by us being inspired by the 1980s. <laughs> I happened to, happened to just today at work, you know, start looking around and like, oh, look, this guy wrote 80s. Well, hey, look, a commentary. Hey, look. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I'll tell you, if we copyright this stuff, we... We would own these other people. We put them out of business, I'd say. That's right. We'd be sitting on an empire and nothing. Yeah. So here we have their other partner. He's, you know, the old man. He's saying goodbye to his, um, to his wife and all that. He's skipping out of town after running out the trap door and all that. Well, he's not taking her with him. I don't get. But no, it's something about he has a son with Down syndrome. And it's too hard to go on the run with it. I think that would be easier if you, if your son had Down syndrome. Like you wouldn't even have to explain to him. Like if you're running away, you know what I mean? That's true. You can just say, well, you know, well, he's running away with money. Well, that's the thing is he gave most of his money to Charlie, who's supposed that's to right. slowly give it to his wife. Would you say this movie is better than Buckaroo Banzai? I would say anything is better than Buckaroo Bonza. <laughs> I what don't about, like that movie. What about Mad Max Fury Road? Buckaroo Bonza is better than that. Yeah, I'd have to say that too. And it's only because Jeff Goldblum is dressed like a cowboy. Yeah, he actually looks good as a cowboy, I thought. He does. Yeah. And that was kind of before he became, you know, a walking shtick. Yeah, before his mannerisms <clears throat> became the, yeah. you know... I like Jeff Goldblum, though. Yeah, I think he's a good actor. I think he just fell into playing a caricature. Yeah. I would see a movie with Jeff Goldblum over a movie with Tom Hardy any day for the most part. Oh, yeah. I can't forgive Bane. No, Bane, that was a... I'm sorry, that was a bad performance. Tom Hardy, what else? And see, I don't like Inception, so... Yeah. It's only a matter of time before he plays a James Bond villain, right? Oh, it's going to happen any day now. Yeah, if, if Batista did it. Oh, Batista making a movie now with Bobby De Niro. Is he? Yeah. Well, you know, Bobby De Niro does a lot of straight-to-video shit now, too. That is true. He's got his acting quota to keep up. This is a nice scene here with uh, Charlie and Polly, you know, kind of nursing him back to health after getting his thumb cut off and whatever that because he's a nice guy. Yeah, and that is his cousin. 
I'm not sure why his cousin can't eat his own soup, but, you know, must be right-handed. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if I'd want ashes in my soup, but, you know. <laughs> that's another thing about these guys. Everything emotional and tender they do, they have to do it, you know, talking to your pregnant girlfriend, dancing with her at the park. You have to do it while, you know, nursing your cousin back to health after he got his thumb cut off. You got to do it while blowing smoke in their face at the same time. Yeah, and he's got the, the cigarette with the ash. He's holding it above the man's soup. Yeah, which, I mean, <laughs> nowadays if somebody blows smoke in your face all day, you know, you'll cough, you'll whatever. But back then, I mean, was it just not offensive to people, or you know what I mean? I, you know, I, I you know I came from a house where everybody smoked. You know, it, it, back then it, everybody smoked. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, was there, was our bodies just uh, immune to it, or whatever? You know, I, I, you know, that my logic is, you and I grew up around it. We're fine. Yeah, you know, is secondhand smoke really that bad? Yeah, I mean, like. If you're around people smoking all day and you're getting secondhand smoke, I would say that's probably the equivalent of you probably smoking what three cigarettes a day, maybe. And if and I think I think you would have to have somebody like blow it in your face, con like right. nonstop. And like, um, if you smoke three cigarettes a day, I don't think you. I mean, maybe you could. Everybody's different. Everybody's body's different. But I don't think a doctor would say you were at risk for getting lung cancer. Probably not. Yeah. There's that dog. That's yeah. a good looking dog. It is. It's not it's pretty lethargic though. I wonder what they're feeding yeah. it. I think most of the bulldogs are like that though, are they? I've never seen yeah. one that move much. Yeah, they have like a pudgy body and they can't move. I always wanted one, but they're too expensive. Too expensive and like like I like a friendly dog. Like I like a dog that will walk up to you when you come home. I don't want one that would just lay in a <laughs> lump on the ground and like not even acknowledge you yep I hear mine get off the couch the minute I get in the garage and she's always right by the door for me yeah that's what I mean that's the whole reason why you have a dog for the most part she went to bed early that's why she didn't visit us this week yeah I think it's the only show <clears throat> now your dogs when they like they settle down to go to sleep will they just sleep through the whole night or do they get up and walk around in the middle of the night nope she's, she's in a kennel oh okay well, I have to take her out of it here pretty soon because we're going to buy another one, so don't want to have two kennels. Oh, that's right. She's still young. That's why. Yeah, she's just a little over a year, so. Yeah, she's still a puppy. I think she'll sleep on the couch or she'll hop into bed with us. Oh, oh bed bug Eddie, he's, he, you know, he took the thumb. He's still sweating. Still sweating. Who who was the third person? Who was the third person? Because he did the bedbug. Eddie did the math. He you know he uh, he only recovered one third of the money, and he realizes like okay, what I recovered isn't half of the money. It's one third. So yeah, he he's no moron. Mm-mm. Even though he gave himself the nickname of the bedbug, but yeah. <clears throat> now if Charlie was smart, he he would have gave Polly like part of his money so that it all would have evened out to half total and then he wouldn't have been looking for the third guy I don't think or he should have just fingered some other fucking Italian puke <laughs> yeah he should have fingered a guy who wasn't going to be the man yeah he do him dirty he, hey he did me dirty <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine like you know you're working a job or something and like that guy comes in as a customer to complain how annoying that would be. Oh, God, 
I'd throw him out. Yeah, I wouldn't even care about losing his business. No. Because if he, even if he came back, he'd just come back every week. He did me dirty. I want a refund. Eh, he ain't never going to be the man. You ain't a manager. You don't run this place. I'm trying to figure out why Mickey work. Obviously, he took a shower with his watch and jewelry on. <laughs> yeah, who, wouldn't that make your gold jewelry get, like, all crusty and nasty? Ooh. Well, see, I always take all my... I leave my wedding ring on, but, mm. like, all the other jewelry I wear, and I wear on a jewelry. I take it off before I clean up. Do you? Now, now I think this is relevant to the conversation because this whole movie, Mickey Rourke's wearing a lot of jewelry. I gotta ask, let's run it down. What kind of jewelry do you wear on a daily basis? Uh, usually a, on the left hand a watch with probably four bracelets. Mm-hmm. The right hand three bracelets. Now, the now are, hand, are, the, are the bracelets above or below the watch on your wrist? They'd be above. Okay. What they'd ca- be first. What kind, what kind of bracelets are we talking? Like little uh, sterling chains or what? So, yeah, that I wear well because gold's kind of out, so everything I have on is sterling. Yeah. So then there's those. One of them's a black leather. The other one is a snake chain, a railroad track chain, and then a Batman chain. Oh, that's cool. And then I have count the way I have one, two, three, four. I have rings on every finger, including the thumb on my left hand. And rings on every finger but my thumb on my right hand. And then I wear three necklaces. Interesting. What made you go with all the rings on every finger, including the thumb? I could never decide which one I like the best, so I just wear them all. Interesting. <laughs> do, do they all fit the same or whatever? Because, you know, you yeah. Well, I have lots of rings, yeah. so, you know, like, I buy them in different sizes, so. Gotcha. Sometimes I alternate what they are, but I always wear them. Now, somebody, like, I'm somebody who wears no jewelry. You're somebody who wears a lot of jewelry. Is the jewelry more like the themes of the stuff you like, or is it? are you really trying to, like, uh, you know, be fancy and show off, you know, all your jewelry? No, it's pretty much this is the stuff I like. Yeah. You saw my one ring. It's a Jason Voorhees mask. That is cool, yeah. That's my pinky ring. Friday the 13th panky ring. It's even got 13 carved on the side of it. Interesting. And I got a dragon claw that holds my birthstone. I got a chrome skull skull from Laid to Rest. Oh, that's awesome. I re- <laughs> that, that, That's a movie that I don't know if they need to make more sequels, but either way, they need to merchandise that character some more, I feel like. Oh, I, I, like I like the first one a lot. I thought yeah. the second one was good, but I thought the first one was really good. Yeah. And you know what kills me is the first one's only available on DVD. And you can yeah. get you can get a German Blu-ray, but it's censored. Fuck that. I don't think there's that much to censor in it, is there? Yeah, there's some good killing parts, like when he has some girls in the coffins and all that shit. Well, their pinky ring is a Batman. Nice. What, the the head of the Batman? It's, it's the signal. Oh, the bat. Yeah. You know, one of my necklaces is my Dominic Toretto cross. I know, I've seen that one. Now, that one's dipped in platinum, right? No. <laughs> no? <laughs> what, like, what is it, though? It's not silver, right? It's, yeah, it's just oh, silver. silver. Okay. Yeah. Maybe even in the movie, she said silver. Yeah, I like silver. I have gold, but you don't, no one wears it anymore. Well, not only that, but when you wear gold, like, it sounds like you wear a lot of jewelry at once. With gold, you're, I think you're supposed to wear less. Well, plus, I just wear, like, shorts and T-shirts, so... Yeah. 
So it would look weird trying to be that fancy with it. You're wearing a Deadpool t-shirt with, you know, gold necklaces and chains would look kind of foolish. Yeah. What about earrings? Are your ears pierced? My ears are pierced, but very rare do I wear an earring. You just kind of, you just got out of the habit of it? I got out of the habit years and years ago, but they never closed. So once in a while I'll slip one in, but it kind of, once you hit a certain age, it starts to look kind of dumb. Yeah. I bet Mickey Rourke still wears earrings. If I was going to wear earrings on a regular basis, I'd probably wear, like, some hoops. Yeah? Like like a pirate-style hoops? Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever do that thing where you wear a hoop in one ear and a stud in the other? Oh, God, I used to. Yeah. Because they're pierced, they're pierced multiple times, so it'd be like... It was usually, like, stud, hoop, then a big dangly one. And the other ear was like a hoop and a big dangly one. Interesting. I have to say, I feel pretty plain compared to you, cousin. You're pretty a well accessory guy. You got <clears throat> tattoos, jewelry, beard. Yeah. You're, you have hair, and I don't. Yeah, you're pretty decorate. Yeah. I I trade you. I want I want a beard though. I I let it grow this week for the first time in months, and every time I let it grow out, even just a week, I'm depressed by how much of it is gray. Like, you buy it just for men like Ronnie Munn carries it in his lunchbox <laughs> I think I'm going to have to start doing that to be honest with you I don't you know I, I don't have a lot of gray in my beard like a, if it gets too long you see a little patch I got some gray chest hair though yeah I found two gray by the way this I bet this is fascinating for our listeners and the fans oh, of the Pope and Grinch I found out of nowhere I found two gray hairs on my chest uh, about a week ago and uh, I don't know what it is. I mean, I do have gray hair. Like, most of it's in the back, so it doesn't really show. But in terms of, like, proportion, like, my beard hair is way more gray, proportion-wise. You can color that shit. Yeah, I think that's what I have to do. I might have to cut the handlebar mustache in, in you know, support of the Hulkster. <laughs> yeah. I actually just trimmed my beard down a little bit because it was hot here. It's still hot here. Yeah, it, it got cool for a couple of days and heated back up. So they're at the track betting on Polly's horse. Considering the last time he saw this horse, he got his thumb cut off. I think this horse is bad luck. I think I got to agree. Yeah. You know something's wrong when you got to soak the horse's feet in water. Yep, yeah, just don't get how that would do anything. Wouldn't you feed it like chili peppers or something? Yeah. This looks like a... I've never been to a racetrack. This looks like fun, though. You get to drink uh, drinks out of uh, little plastic cups while you place your bets. We used to have a track here, but I always kind of thought, okay, so the race lasts generally, what, about two minutes? Yeah. Then what do you do for that hour in between till the next two minutes starts? I think you just drink and place bets. Yeah. You know? yeah. How much money could you win though betting on a horse? And, like, what's weird, too, is I'm guessing they didn't really go to the track track because, like, the race is going on, but they're not, like, in the stands watching the track. Aren't they in, like, a, a bar watching it on TV? Maybe they're in a skybox. That could be. Because <laughs> there's, there's some real uh, depressing, like, even at the fairgrounds here, I think it is, um, they have, like, a little office you go into... <gasps> And they're like, I don't even know where the racetrack is, but it's uh, there's no racetrack anywhere near it. But you just watch a TV and bet. I find that very sad. 
Yeah, but here not too when they got rid of the actual track tracks. It's like yeah. Horseman's Park, and yeah, it's just this big arena. But yeah, you just go and watch it on closed circuit. <clears throat> yeah, that's weird. Especially when you figure there's got to be a delay. So, so like, if you could have the guy really at the track on a cell phone telling you who won before you see it on TV, maybe you could fix it. That would be really good. That's what somebody should rig that. <laughs> yeah. I never found horse racing fascinating, though. I never did either. Or dog racing. Dog racing seems even lower to me. Mm-hmm. It's the white trash version of horse racing. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting, though, because uh, story-wise, I thought it was interesting. They, did, they they actually, you know, it looks like Polly's horse is actually going to win the race. It's neck and neck with another horse. They have to go to the photo finish, which actually is a real thing, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's some great cokehead acting by Eric Roberts there. <laughs> That's why he starts smoking marijuana. He needed to come down. Yeah, he did. Charlie's got a bunch of different slips there. So, you know, because, of course, Polly told him to uh, only uh, bet on their horse, you know, it seems like they lost because the, the horse lost in the photo finish. But uh, pa- uh, Charlie pulls a fast one here and Tells uh, Polly to sit down and he's he's going to go to the bathroom or whatever. But it's kind of clear because they don't go to the bathroom. He walks right up to the <laughs> where were you cast yeah, out. He doesn't. He doesn't try to. <clears throat> Plus, he's not overly freaked out and upset. <laughs> no, that they lost all their money. By a nose, man. By a fucking <laughs> nose. <laughs> Speaking of nose and powder. Yeah. <laughs> We can blow it up poster size. <laughs> I don't need no pictures. I really once, like, again, once again, he's smoking. Yeah, in a closed car. Yeah, that was like in Donnie Brasco. Remember when he tried to crack the window? Roll that window. I'm going to get sick. You can give me a draft in here. Catch a cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is great. When they're on their way to their track, Polly gave, you know, the toll is 50 cents. Polly. Gave the guy a dollar and told him to get a beer after work. (laughs) Now on the way back from the track, if they're losing, he don't want to tip anybody. I'd be like, I already paid my toll beforehand. (laughs) Yeah. I like Charlie's attitude here, though, about money coming and going. He's very, you know... Nonchalant. Yeah. Here, finally, he breaks the news to Polly. That he actually won the money, won twenty thousand. Because they gotta pay back bed bugs, Ed. Yeah. But not even. They just uh Paulie's first thing is he starts talking about going to Miami here in a second. Yeah, it's where all the Coke is. Yeah, don't imagine if they would have done the sequel, them two going to Miami. I wonder why they didn't. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know. This was such a critically, such a highly regarded film. Maybe it didn't do the box office, but, you know. No, I think it did. Yeah. Couldn't have cost much to make. No. I bet, you know, because neither one of these guys was really a uh, star at this point. Mm-mm. Bert Young would have probably been the biggest star of the group. 
And, you know, it's not like you needed him to come back for the sequel. No, he's probably dead. Yeah. <clears throat> and I like this movie, too, because it, uh, you know, everything is a slow build up to the end. Actually, this movie didn't make any money, cousin. Really? The box office was under $7 million. How much did it cost to make? Estimated $8 million. Oh. Yeah. I'm sure after videotape, though. Man, but this was when VHS has cost $100 a piece. Yeah, that's true. According to IMDb, this, this film was originally going to star Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. Yeah, that would have sucked. I don't know about that. In all honesty, though, I think they would have been too old at that point. Yeah. 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 Because he looked old in Taxi Driver, and that was 70s. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was supposed to look like he didn't sleep or whatever. He probably prepared for that role by not sleeping. <laughs> yeah. I give the guy credit. He does, he does that old school method acting. He does. I wonder if he still does. I'd say so, because if you you watch that boxing movie with him and Stallone, he got in good shape for a 70-year-old man. You know, I ain't gonna lie to you. I really like Grudge Match. I do, too. I think it's great. It's a great popcorn movie. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, you can watch it with older people. They'll enjoy it. I give De Niro credit. He was funny in that. Oh, he's real funny. So was, uh, what's his name? Um, Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin. Yeah, he was great. The only person who sucked in that movie was Kevin Hart. Pretty much. He sucks in most things. He sucks. Stallone was good, but he was more of the seriouser of the two. Yeah, he was. <clears throat> who was the girl? Kim. Wasn't it Kim Basinger? It's Kim Basinger, thank yeah. you. She's actually alright. Yeah, for her age, she don't look bad. No, not at and all. The, and the guy from The Walking Dead who's now going to play the Punisher. Yeah, I don't really agree with that, I'll be honest with you. He, they, they should have got Thomas Jane back. I know, because Thomas Jane actually likes doing it. Exactly. This guy, you know you know what's going to happen is Sugar Shane from The Walking Dead is going to play the Punisher for like a year. And then when they do the next season or the spinoff, he ain't going to want to do it all of a sudden. <laughs> and then Marvel, Marvel being the cheese dicks they were, we'll just recast. It's like, as a fan, don't you get tired of 30 people playing the same role all the time? I'm waiting for Daredevil season two where the kingpin is a skinny new guy. <laughs> you know who? Paul Giamatti. <laughs> no, you know you know who if they had a recast who would be a great kingpin? Hmm. Eric Roberts. I could sadly I could see that. <laughs> yeah. Here's, I didn't hate Daredevil, but I didn't like it. If that makes sense. I'll be honest with you. I haven't finished it yet. Still, I'm only like halfway through. I just. There's just better things to watch on Netflix, like the Pope of Greenwich Village. Well, that and the fact that Daredevil moves in some episodes, oh, nothing happens. I know, I know. <clears throat> if I want to see gangsters in New York, I want to. I'm going to watch the Pope of Greenwich Village. Me too. If I want to see Scottish gangsters in Florida, I watch The Pest. Exactly. <laughs> Remember, it was the Scottish mob he got messed up with. Mm-hmm. It's a shame that movie's 90s, because I'd sure love to do a commentary on it. Mm-hmm. I know. I love that movie. Man, Mickey Rourke even smokes when he gets his hair cut. 
No shit, Aki ain't afraid those chemicals are going to catch on fire. Mm-hmm. Now here we have it. You know, they reveal the plot point that Mickey Rourke had taken the uh, the audio tape off the dead cop. They had the evidence against Big Bud, Big Bud Eddie. Ugh, I can't even say it anymore. Bed Bug Eddie. And um, he gets all dressed. I, I, I thought this was a great touch, how he goes all out. Gets almost like a, not a makeover, but what did you call it? Like a, yeah, he gets all groomed. Yeah, groomed. Hair done, shoes shined. I love it that he walks into the private club and like right off the bat just starts telling all these old gangsters to fuck off. Well, it does say members only. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> nice pinky ring, too. Mm-hmm. I like how he's got the little um, hanky, like, fluffed out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. Blowing smoke in the gangster's face as an insult, just like he did his pregnant girlfriend. <laughs> what I don't get is, like, the the club looks kind of nice shit. Bedbug Eddie's office is so obviously a shithole. Mm-hmm. Look at his office. He's by a bunch of boxes. The office looks like one of the bedrooms from Amityville 2. <laughs> Ooh, I never thought of that. <laughs> That's... Oh, this is a great scene here. I still want to remember what he was yelling at his kid for not following the mom in the car in the beginning. He kept saying something real corny, but I can't remember what it was. We'll, we'll see. We'll You're see. supposed to back her up. That was it. You're supposed to back, back me up. <laughs> Wasn't there like a, where they had to go to a Christmas party or something, and the kids had to run into the car really fast or they would get beat? <laughs> yeah, because I remember he used to beat the shit out of them. They were afraid to do anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that'd be the worst. I mean, I understand like you want to have control of your kids so they ain't acting up and stuff, but you don't want to have it to the point where they're like caged animals. You know what I mean? No, terrified. Yeah, terrified. That's terrible. You walk in here, you don't show the club no respect. You're acting like a real scumbag. <laughs> they, keep making, his... they keep making a big deal out of Mickey Rourke supposedly being half Irish. Like, that's so terrible. Yeah, I don't... Well, I remember in Goodfellas, they were making fun of him being half Jewish. Yeah. I don't know what Mickey Rourke is. Yeah, I'm not sure. Mr. I am the Pope. This might be your church, but I'm the Pope of Greenwich Village because I got a tape, all right? Old Bert, right yeah, old, old Bert Young is a, yeah, punched him in the hand. That's an old school move, right? Punch you in the mm-hmm. hand like that. Old Bert Young's getting all teary eyed. Now he's about to drink poison. Yeah. <clears throat> but this wasn't even part of Mickey Works plan. That's what's great about it. Just just a stare down, he's got bed bug Eddie beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This this was so great. And it's like such and then it goes back to like a comedic almost ending. Yeah. And I have to say the suddenness of the ending is what really sends this movie on a high note. Because this is such a heavy dramatic scene. Like Bed Bug Eddie's like he's probably ready to shoot him or something, don't you think? Like he's getting oh, yeah. so pissed off. Fucking Mickey Rourke, man, so cool, so calm. I give him credit; he does come across very, very, very cool in this film. Yeah, you get it. This is the movie I think probably where his star power started getting built up. Mm-hmm. Then he went crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! 
<laughs> Bed Bug Eddie, like, I wonder if it would really kick in that fast if he drank lye. I don't know. Probably. Bed Bug Eddie jumps out the window of the front door. I don't get where he's going. I think he's just panicking, like, trying to get to, like, a hospital or something. But, I mean, he's able to run. It's not like it's killing him right away. Which you almost would hope it would finish the job, otherwise he's going to come looking for you. Exactly. And that's what's great about it. And you don't know if he lived or died, you know? Mm-mm. have to assume he died, I guess, because they tried to end it kind of more on a comedic note. Yeah. And Polly already brought the tickets for Miami. Mm-hmm. This is great. They go right back to bickering and arguing just like they were at the beginning of the movie as they walk away. Walk away from attempted murder. Yeah. (laughs) Blackmail and attempted murder. And Charlie's telling him, you know, I had him, I had him. You didn't have to do that. Which he probably did have him because there's no way he could have fucked with Charlie after he had that tape, you know? Mm -mm. The old freeze frame there. Yeah. Which is how every great movie... By the way, have you noticed, you know, I don't know how many commentaries we recorded so far, 10 or whatever for this show, but, like, almost every movie we record is from 1984, right? Like, think about if you were just, like, going to the movies every week in 1984, oh, you're seeing yeah. nothing but great shit, right? Oh, yeah. And, and like, like, people always say, listen... I'm not gonna admit that shit sucks now. Like, come on. Like, you look at these movies from 84 every week. There is no fucking way that any recent year has been any close to this. You know what I mean? Mm, No. Plus, think about it. These movies, you know what? 30 years later, and they're still so well regarded. Name me a movie from five years ago. Right. It's hard. They all blend together. Bartender at the Lime House. I thought it said Limey House at first. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Never gonna be the man on the bartender. <laughs> <laughs> Toll booth attendance. Did you notice how much shorter credits were back then, too? Yeah, they rolled slow, but there was less people. Oh, them Marvel movies. That's 25 minutes of credit. Have you noticed that the credits are five times longer for a movie that's all CGI filled? Oh. <sighs> Sitting through them credits is a chore sometimes. Especially if you want to see the preview for the next movie or whatever it is, you know what I mean? I start looking up, do you need to stay after the credits? <laughs> yeah. Which it used to be you always did. Now, I guess they still had some shit after Ant-Man. Yeah, Furious 7 didn't have anything after it. and Usually those movies always had something after. Well, I think they were too busy <laughs> trying to figure out what they are going to do with Paul. Well, and I'm assuming that they had a different ending planned originally for the film, so... Right. This one... York's performance is dedicated to James Hayden, 1953 to 1983. Wow. I wonder if that was his boxing trainer or something. Hmm. Oh, no, that's only... That guy was only 30 years old, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it must have been a friend of his. The Pope of Greenwich Village. Great movie. A lot of these, a lot of these movies were doing are MGM too. Yeah, no, like <laughs> you, you would have thought MGM was on a roll back then. Then you look at the box office; <laughs> they're losing money off of making great movies. Because I don't think we've I think we've done a lot of MGM. Wasn't even Death Wish Two was MGM, wasn't it? 
Well, no, I think that was after the fact. They, they I think that was because they acquired Canon after the fact, like years gotcha. years later. But yeah, MG, that's why they always say uh, MGM has a great library, and that's why all these uh, studios want to acquire them, whatever. Yeah. So that was Lionsgate has a huge library too. Yeah, they do because they they did the similar thing. They kept buying up. Cousin, I flipped over from uh, <laughs> from the movie there back to regular cable, and I'm not shitting you. Guess what's on TV? Wahlburgers. Oh, Village. No, Wahlburgers. Even. <laughs> yeah, they had that big marathon. I guess this is the marathon, but it's on FYI. It's not even on the Wahlburgers. Really? Yeah. Oh. Wal- Wahlburgers is on secondary channels now. He's syndicated already. Yeah. So that was a Pope of Greenwich Village. Really good movie. I suggest you watch it if you haven't already. It's just, I don't know, it's just, a lot of it's a lot of slice of life. You know, the the relationship between the guys. But it, I'd say, you know, for a slow build-up plot, that ending's perfect. It is. It's a great movie. Yeah. So, yeah, so, we'll, you know, similar, you know, unless we're doing The Terminator or whatever, we're usually getting about three downloads on this show. I, I bet we'll have download numbers of the lowest quality for this one, but I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. It was, it, you know, I rewatched this film again this week. I loved the hell out of it. I'm going to have to track down the uh, double feature Blu-ray of that in Desperate Hours now. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to get that too. Yeah, because those are both good movies. Make mm-hmm. your work, man. You know, like I guess pretty much after you know after the 80s there was no really re, you know he, he didn't do his best work but the 80s man he probably had as good of a decade as anybody i would say oh yeah and eric roberts well oh well, yeah eric, yeah <laughs> couldn't keep the momentum going but you know no. so yeah so next time not sure what we're going to do or what's going to air in what order but we'll be back in the graveyard with the movies queued up. We hope you'll be back. We want to thank everybody for obviously checking out our Facebook post. Hit the like button. Um, go to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Because um, if it ain't five-star, don't help us with no ratings. Um, just keep downloading. Tell your friends about the show. We would appreciate it. Download it on your computer and then on your phone. And then at work. You know, because it only counts one IP address. Exactly. Get us more bigger down because we're trying to get some sponsorship. Wouldn't it be great great if we got a sponsorship from uh, MGM Archive and <laughs> then we could oh. shill all their archive DVDs. And Dollar Shave to close the show. <laughs> Dollar Shave. <laughs> Stay you I'll tell you what, though, I'll give you Dollar Shave, use the razors, don't use the shave butter. Cause, unless you unless you like shaving with a tube of Vaseline, there ain't no point. No, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you next time in the graveyard. Hit us up on Facebook, our Facebook page, 1980 Movie Graveyard. Let us know what your favorite 80s movies are. And uh, do do a, do a new post if you want. We don't care. Do a new post. You don't have, just have to uh, you know, react to the, what we post. We want to get it more interactive with you guys. If you want to uh, leave us some comments and we'll read it on the show, email us at slowhandradio at gmail.com and we'll read that shit. Till next time. You still got that email address? Still going, cousin. Wow. I bet there's lots of email from um, GoDaddy.com in there. <laughs> yeah, number one fans. There will be eventually. <clears throat> so anyway, 
Thank you. We'll talk to you later. You know, there's a Condemned 2 coming out with uh, Randy Orton and Eric Roberts. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Eric Roberts. God damn. You'll never be the fucking man. You'll never be the man. Get over here. Ah, hey, hey, oh, oh, man, oh, don't do me ugly. Hey.